rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Hey, Star Wars fans, Jimmy Mack hanging out live at C2E2. Yes! In Chicago's McCormick Place. This is our fourth year here at C2E2. It's the fourth year for C2E2 in general. My first time here. Jason Swank couldn't be here, but Chris Mock is here with us. So what do you think so far, Chris? This is cool. This is really cool. I, I don't know why I've never been here before. I don't know why you haven't been either. Cool stuff, You've been missing dude. out on. You've been missing out. They got some cool. Uh, they got the Jawa Bank. I just picked up one of those. It's an exclusive here. Diamond Connect. Select exclusive. Diamond Select. There's a lot of people in Star Wars costumes walking around, which is always nice. Yeah, adds a, a little flair from a galaxy far, far away. Always cool. So we're hanging out at the Sandtroopers.com booth with Chris Spice, owner of Sandtroopers. How's it going, Chris? How you doing, Jimmy? Great, great. Enjoying the show so far? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So what can you tell us about these Jawa banks everyone wants so badly? Uh, actually, just to me, it was a revelation. I got home last night, saw the press release, was you know browsing a couple of the other sites. They had it up already. I felt you know kind of like a chump. I was here all day setting up. Uh, limited to 250. I don't think they're going to be hanging around long at uh, 23 bucks. It's the only Star Wars exclusive here, so yeah. I grabbed it. Now, let me ask you this, because I got to understand the collector's mentality. I'm a collector. I have a whole room in my house devoted to Star Wars memorabilia, but there is nothing that's going to get me to run over there and drop down 23 bucks on a Jawa bank. And I'll tell you why. If I saw that in a store with a ton of other Star Wars memorabilia, I would probably pass up on it and buy something else. So here in this giant convention center, packed with Star Wars memorabilia, there's nothing that makes me want a Jawa Bank. I think the only reason you want it is because of its exclusivity. True. And <laughs> I, was, I was actually sent on an errand by uh, your good friend and mine, Mr. Curto, is yeah. actually the, the gentleman who directed me towards that he's like hey get me one so i figured while i was getting him one i'd get me one so that's Kurt, that's just how it worked out curdo has to have it he's a junkie well you know again he, he, we, we can blame curdo so let's talk a little bit about the state of star wars collecting right now do we have to well <laughs> i'd like to because it seems like things are in sort of a holding pattern as we await the release of the sequel trilogy. Are you guys noticing that? Sandtroopers.com is a website devoted to Star Wars collecting. So what do you think about this, what I would call sort of a down period as far as memorabilia and action figures is concerned? Um, Initially, when when we heard they canceled the Build-A-Droid line, you know, they scrapped that plan, they showed it to us at Celebration 6, Yeah, you know, we were going to do Build-A-Droid, uh, actually, yeah, and that was when Curdle let out of the bag, oh, that ain't happening, guys, I was a little bit, up. actually, I was upset they cut the vintage figures, that made me mad, I thought there were still a lot of good vintage characters left to do, mm-hmm. they, they said, oh, well, you know, uh, the numbering's getting too high, well, how about this, let's do Series 2. And start the numbers over. They could, they could have totally just stuck with vintage. They didn't have to, you know, scrap plans on Droid Hunt. Um, like most Star Wars fans, though, uh, Toy Fair really underwhelmed with the, what was it, 15 figures or something like that. I feel sorry. I'd, I'd never planned to go. 
but uh, Dan was going to go in for us. He didn't make it. And, and, you know, to be honest, I was glad I didn't make it because I was so underwhelmed. Well, here's the thing. It's it's a lot of retreads. A lot of the same characters we've seen over and over again. Star Wars action figure collecting has always been the backbone of Star Wars memorabilia collecting in general. And so when you notice that there's a decline in production of new and unique figures or even getting products out onto the shelf, I think that is a bad sign for Star Wars collecting, at least these days. Now, we're, of course, bracing ourselves because we know we're going to be hit over the head with an onslaught of action figures once those sequel movies start coming out. But for now, maybe it's time for collectors to sort of catch their breath, replenish their bank accounts a little bit, and prepare for what I assume would be a huge marketing bomb that's going to drop. start over and everything's going to yeah, I think right. that's why I ran over and picked up a Jawa bank is because it's not a repackaged figure, you yeah. know? And it's cool to have things like that in the display case because they stand out a little bit more. Aside from being exclusive, mm-hmm. it's different. It's a unique item. You know, True. it's not just a typical action figure or a typical uh, vehicle, if you will, you know? I, I think it's a bit of a... Uh it's a contradiction, so to speak, because uh, it's a bank, but Star Wars fans usually aren't real good at saving any money. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's a catch-22. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with Jimmy. I wanted it for the exclusivity factor. Uh, I've been to this show every year, and if they have a show exclusive and it was sitting right over there, I, I'd, I'd feel like a poo butt if I didn't walk the 50 feet to go get it. So that's what I did. Yeah, gotcha. and, and i got to thank you for telling me about it. And I love being to Tunisia and being to Death Valley, anything that's – that theme related, you know, like a Jawa, you yes. know, I, I have to have it in my collection, you know, just because going to the filming locations, it's that connective. There you go. That I sure, there, there you go. Absolutely, that's but, awesome. But and, no, and then back to the collecting state. I'm enjoying the break. I'm going back and getting those sideshow items I missed. I'm going and getting the stuff I really want. I'm getting those Hasbro pieces I missed, and there weren't many. But you know, the stuff I want, I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to get some vintage stuff. I, I'm going to take this break. I know we're going to have 50, 75, you know, midnight releases. That stuff's all coming again. I think as fans, we really have to step back for a minute, even with the TV show being canceled. A lot of us are sad about that. You know, the Save the Clone Wars campaign's very popular. But really, I think just as the case when Mr. Lucas owned the franchise, it's the same thing with Disney, folks. They're going to do whatever... They want to do with it, regardless of what we say. So let's just all collectively uh, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment, and you know what? <laughs> I don't think they spend four billion dollars to make bad movies. No, absolutely. No, I'm absolutely. stoked. Man. I, I'm, I'm I don't stoked. think so. I'm I just don't see, see it happening. So, so, well, speaking of Disney, we have uh, a fellow broadcaster with us, Mr. Al John Go from Sorcerers Radio. How's it going, Al John? What's it going on? Uh, I almost said the old name, Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> Almost, but it, it's it's great. It's good to be back here Holy in the Windy I know, right? <laughs> so, well, it's great to have you back. So, uh, what are your thoughts as somebody who understands the worlds of Star Wars and Disney kind of on an equal level? Uh, maybe you could comment on how Disney fans are taking the news that Disney now owns Star Wars, Disney has canceled Clone Wars, Detours, thirteen thirteen. What's the fallout amongst the Disney fan community? You know, it's uh, it's a hard time for everybody. I'll be quite honest. I mean, the you know Disney also gutted its animation division as well. So uh, a lot of Star Wars fans don't know that. So it's been a really hard process. Uh, but 
the good thing is that we're very positive because we love Star Wars. We love uh, George Lucas. We love everything that they've created. And of course, as you've mentioned before on the show, there's so much going on in terms of Indiana Jones and Star Wars at the Disney parks and Star Wars weekends, you know, that it, it's still a family. And it's been kind of a slow-moving process since the 80s, since the original Star Tours opened in Disneyland. So now we're used to having Star Wars as part of the Disney family. And now it's official. It's something that I, I definitely saw coming over the past uh, two, three years running JediMasketeer.com. And it's just so, so much fun. Although we are upset that the Clone Wars didn't go over to Disney XD as we originally had it hoped. Uh, we're still very hopeful and very happy that Dave Filoni is working on brand new Star Wars uh, programming for the future, hopefully to be airing on a, a Disney channel. So, you know, we're excited about that. What sort of uh, Star Wars animated show would you like to see personally? Uh, the Clone Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Other than the Clone Wars. Well, you uh, know what? Uh, whatever Dave Filoni and uh, Kathleen Kennedy and everybody at Lucasfilm and their animation division working with Disney, whatever they come up with is great. And the most important thing that we as Disney fans and Star Wars fans can look forward to is the fact that we have great stewards of this franchise. These people are magnificent storytellers and carrying on the legacy that George Lucas originally had set, set forth. So I think we have so much to look forward to. And something I haven't heard you say on Rebel Force Radio is there's a possibility that some of those Clone Wars actors or those Clone Wars uh, characters may be returning for the new uh, you know trilogy that's coming out or the new standalone films. I mean, for all we know, Darth Maul could be the one that they're talking about being you know, being uh, uncovered as the person that is behind the new Sith, if there indeed is a new Sith. Yeah, well, of course, the possibility is out there, you know, Ahsoka. And, oh, by the way, we will be talking to Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka Tano herself. She's here. We're going to be talking to her later in the show. But she's out there. We know she's out there. We know that there's still more stories to be told for her. We do know that Darth Maul is out there. So it is possible. However, I think in my gut it's going to be moved into a fresh direction. They're going to try not to retread or go over old material. They're going to be introducing new antagonists, new heroes, and new situations. And I kind of want to see it happen that way because I believe the story of the Sith ended with Palpatine being thrown into the shaft. However, I I do kind of think that Palps might return actually, he might be resurrected in the sequel trilogy. What do you think about that idea? You know, I'm okay with that. I am okay with that because, you know, the story of Star Wars is very cyclical. You know, whether it's the Old Republic or what we've come to know as, you know, our Star Wars, whether it's the original trilogy or the Clone Wars, there, there's a particular, uh, I think you said it on the show before, or maybe Jason did, about how everything has a cadence. It's written in song form. You know, George Lucas had put it that way. So these different themes return and recur throughout the entire uh, series of films. So that may be the case. Either way, what I am excited about is the fact that Ahsoka lives! <laughs> Ahsoka lives! Say it loud, say it proud. I think a fresh start is is something to definitely look forward to. And you you bring up a good point that that marriage between Disney and Lucasfilm. I was looking at my old T-shirts from Star Wars weekends from like 2000, and you know you always see these mashups on Facebook and online. You know the like that the stormtrooper you know wearing the Mickey the Mickey club hat, but that stuff was already there, and it's like it's kind of cool because it's a very 
it's something that we're very very familiar with. And who doesn't love Disney? You know what I'm saying? And I, I can't be happier with what's to come. And like you said, a fresh start is, yeah. is going to be cool. Yeah, I think that's important, you know, to, to really push the franchise in new directions. What do you think, Spice? Uh, another thing to touch on, too, is we all love Ashley, James Arnold Taylor, um, the, the, so Matt Lanter. All these folks are in such a better situation than they were five years ago. So as fans... We, we don't need to feel bad for these people. I mean, yes, it's sad when anybody, you know, things change. You know, and, and, but as fans, I think we really got to step back. Uh, and while I do appreciate the, the Save the Clone Wars campaign and things of that nature, it, it's something they're going in a different direction. And we can either be upset about it. Or go along for the ride. Right. I'm going along for the ride. I've been wondering what's going on with Luke Skywalker after the Return of the Jedi yeah. since like the sixth grade. So <laughs> I want to find out. You yeah, know let's I mean? get let's get back to the core. Let's get back to what made Star Wars Star Absol- Wars, and, and that's the original trilogy characters and situations. And let's not forget, a lot of those Clone Wars voice actors also do stuff for Disney. Correct. Ashley's already doing Sophia yeah, the First. That's a good point. And you know there. everybody. You know uh, Taylor's doing stuff. Steve Stanton's doing stuff for Disney. I mean, they are all employed by Disney. The relationship way. is already there. The relationship there, is you know? there, yes. I'm taking the bet that Star Wars Celebration will never leave Florida. So if uh-huh. anybody wants to, like, because, you know, every time they start talking about, so, well, is it going to be here? Is, I mean, we know the next one's out. They said they were committed to three shows okay. at the OCC. But if I had to, you know, my last nickel in a Vegas casino, I would bet it that it's never leaving Orlando, the uh, celebration. know somebody, we can hook you up. <laughs> yeah, okay, so do you think, obviously, Star Wars weekends, that's not going to go away. No. Now, this, this would be very, very cool. Do you think there would ever be a Star Wars theme amusement park that Disney runs. That would be exciting as hell, man. Oh, yeah. There's talks Absolutely. of one. It's there? definitely happening. I, I mean, right so. now we understand that there's going to be a Marvel theme park that's being developed, and we understand that in the Shanghai Park that they're, they have you know, definitely plans for expanding the Star Wars presence at those parks. So I'm very excited about that and expanding the presence of Star Wars in the domestic parts, Disneyland and, and Walt Disney World. So I'm so looking forward to that. Who does not want a Star Wars themed park? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Of course, just that little taste we get from Star Tours is enough to make me want yeah, more. Star Wars weekends, I love it. And it's just yeah. not... It, it, to me, they need. It'd be cool to have every single ride Star Wars themed all the time. You know. Well, you know, a lot of people are saying that Tomorrowland in general is getting a little long in the tooth. So, what better place to convert, you know, certain things and maybe tie it into the Star Wars universe even more by adding certain attractions? Maybe there's some attractions there as Disney fans that we're not so keen on and that didn't, you know, really blast off or take off for them. So, I could definitely see them, you know, converting some older attractions. Because Walt Disney said it himself, Disney, the Disney theme parks are not museums. They're meant to grow. They are meant to change and evolve. And as the relationship with Lucasfilm and the different films start to come to fruition, I can see them actually doing more tie-ins within the parks that make sense, that are quality rides and, and quality experiences for everybody. And I think the Star Wars fans are just going to love it. That's the one thing Absolutely. that Disney always has. Everything that Disney does is quality. And it's been like that before I was born. Think about this. Ewok Village Endor at Disney's Animal Kingdom. 
Think yeah. about that. How cool would that be? Or Much better than Avatar Land, in my opinion. Or just uh, transform that Swiss Family Robinson treehouse into uh, Wicket's uh, That's homestead. Old school Disney. That right is there, old school, man. you know. Indeed. <laughs> so turn the, the Matterhorn into like the Hoth Mountain. Put an ad ad up on top yeah. of it or something. That's nice. I like that Matterhorn. Yeah. Rename it Mount Yoda. <laughs> something like that. So we, you did bring up uh, Star Wars celebrations, uh, Chris. Um, we know that Disney does an annual convention called D. 23. Um, do you see Star Wars celebrations continuing as its own entity, or do you see it just becoming a part of the D23 experience? You know, there's already talk uh, from my understanding from my sources at D23 that there will be a Lucasfilm presence there. D23 is huge. It's the celebration, if you will, for Star Wars fans, as you said. And I'm going to be there covering it, and I cannot wait to see what they will have. And, uh, you know, it it, kind of bums me out a little bit inside because we're all at Star Wars Celebration this past year, and a lot of that stuff just becomes vaporware. You know, because it, it's a Star Wars stuff that never came to fruition. We'll always have that in our hearts because we experienced it. However, at D23, I have a good, strong feeling that they will be announcing some really cool things for the Star Wars community uh, at that convention coming up in August. So I, I cannot wait. And they will continually have it. I mean, you saw at Celebration yourself that, that Disney had a really big booth area, and it will just continue to grow. And, and I'm looking forward to what they have to offer. But you didn't really answer my question. Do you see Lucasfilm or, and or Disney continuing with Star Wars Celebrations as its own entity, or is it going to become part of D23? Oh, it, it's got to be its own entity. You think so? No That's doubt. That's good. It's got to be. You know, and I, because, once again, the people that uh, throw these conventions, you know, the guys that read pop, they do such an amazing job. And I think, you know... Uh, especially from the fans. You know, the fans are being vocal. Um, I think they, they're slowly learning because, let's face it, it's not just Bob Iger. Uh, Disney is a publicly traded company, and the shareholders are uh, have a lot to do with that in the voting process. So I think they will say, you know, look, maybe we can learn something from this. And, in fact, I know for a fact that the D23 people learned a lot from studying Star Wars celebrations in order to put on their D23 event. So hopefully they'll continue to run that as its own separate event uh, and, and maybe have it, you know, in a couple different places. I mean, obviously, Celebration Europe is an amazing thing. But, um, you know, having that centralized location and having the parks as an after party would be an amazing thing. Absolutely. Uh, so hopefully it'll come back and, and Now, stay. are you going to be at this year's Star Wars Weekends event? Absolutely. We're planning uh, to cover that over the maybe a few weekends, maybe the kickoff weekend. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure out what's going on. There's a press conference that's going on uh, the weekend of C2E2 at Walt Disney World, and we expect to have a few names uh, to be finalized. But, uh, you know, once we do that, we'll, we'll probably get out there. You know, okay. we definitely want to see Sam Witwer. My wife loves Sam Witwer. So. <laughs> well, do you, you guys know how long Star Wars Weekend has been going on for? Does it go back to 97, 98? Yeah, it's uh, been going on for almost 12 years now, wow. but uh, 10, 10 maybe consecutively. Um, so I you think know, 2000 was like the, the first big, big one. Yeah, yeah. And they've had a bunch of different actors there, as you well know. I mean, we've had stars of the screen. I think uh, Mark Hamill had attended one. And uh, obviously, we know Billy Dee Williams is coming back to do another one. So, you know, I think they're waiting on maybe getting a, a couple other big film uh, marquee stars. Because they always have one anchor star from the films to come. And then the rest of them will be production people or maybe voice actors and things like that. But they always have one to get that, that old school audience, uh, old school 
Google Trilogy audience out I there. would recommend anybody that can't go to Celebration Europe, I would recommend going to Star Wars Weekends. I mean, that is just a great, great, fun, fantastic time. It's a blast. It's and a I, I love it. Of course, you know, your uh, 501st is there. Rebel Legion's there. There's parades, things for the entire family to do. Great special programming. For example, James Arnold Taylor and Ashley Eckstein will be back uh, doing their their their. Uh, demos and their their programs and I yeah, love James does his one man show there oh, talking yeah. to myself absolutely it's a modified version of the show but awesome nonetheless because he does it in blazing light speed and it's just amazing so everyone that's out there just come out and enjoy it I know that when Ray Park goes out there he does a class for all the children out there to do Jedi moves yes it does a martial arts demonstration you know Billy D will oftentimes do a little song and dance routine I kind of <laughs> I kind of said hey by the way uh, you need to get up there and do a song and dance so we'll do a little bit of the Mickey Mouse Club theme at the very end, which is always fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. and Ashley does a great job. And I know that uh, Dave Filoni does a great job there doing Behind the Force. And, uh, and and hopefully we'll get to see more of what's to come with this bonus content. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. So um, where can people hear your coverage of Star Wars Weekends, D23 and beyond? Absolutely. Uh, Sorcerer Radio at srsounds.com has been around for 12 years. We're the number one uh, Disney fan run radio station online. Just go to Sorcerer Radio at srsounds.com or sorcerradio.com. You can also catch it on uh, jedimousketeer.com where we cover Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney. Awesome. So check well, that out. A, well, thanks so much for stopping by, Al John. Uh, let's just hang out this weekend, all right? Hey, you're, the, you're the best, guys. Keep up all the great work. Thanks, buddy. All thanks, right. buddy. Oh, wow. Chris, I'll tell you, there's a lot of action happening here at C2E2 this year. And there's been a lot of action happening with you lately with the force within us. How things been going since the red carpet premiere? Um, and what what's in store for the future of the force within us? Uh, you know, the force within us has been going. The sales have been going strong. We are almost sold out. Uh, unfortunately, we're having some technical difficulties with our website. So you need to go to Amazon.com to purchase the DVD. And as far as the future goes, uh, I'm actually in the process of submitting uh, to a couple of the uh, more important film festivals. I'm l- really hoping to uh, get picked up by a distribution company. It's never an easy thing. You never know who's going to be at these these movie uh, festivals. There's so many different ones. I mean, there's literally thousands of movie festivals. You know, so, but uh, oh, hopefully we're going to start filming The Force Among Us 3 here, uh, you know, within the next year or, or two at the most. Wow. So just jumping right back into it, Yeah, huh? jumping right back into it. No man. downtime. Was, no downtime. There was too much time in between the first one and the second one, and I miss filming uh, you know, I had a great, great year filming and editing the the force within us, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into the next one as soon as possible. That's awesome! Congratulations! Hey, thank man. you, man. Thanks. So here we're joined by uh, some Star Wars royalty. Here, you saw her in Attack of the Clones. She played Jedi Master Shock T. Orly Shoshin, how's it going, Orly? Great. How have you been? Great, great. Enjoying C2E2 so far? Yes, yes. Actually, it was a last minute thing, but yeah. I'm glad I'm here. And hopefully uh, we'll have a good weekend. Oh, absolutely. You're uh, here at the Sandtroopers.com booth. Uh, you've been already signing a lot of autographs, and the show has just begun. But um, tell us now, from someone who's actually been in Star Wars films, tell us how you feel about the announcement that Disney now owns Lucasfilm and that more Star Wars films are on the horizon. Actually, I was quite surprised that it happened, but um, I hope... It's actually a good thing. Maybe we'll have some more movies. Yes. I mean, I still don't know much about it, 
but hopefully to be, you know, to be more in those movies, yeah. Of course, your character was killed off like 12 times, correct? Let's, <laughs> yes. let's, go, let's go through the list here. Um, yes. There was a scene where General Grievous stabbed her in the back. We get That's to see right. that. We saw her get killed off in Revenge of the Sith in the bonus features on the DVD. We also see her, uh, doesn't Anakin kill her? The second time the second the time. Temple. She yes. goes down, yeah. And but, um, I believe there was maybe but, a third time in the expanded universe. No, which but, you d- but you never actually get to see it. Right. So in the actual movie, Shakti mm. never got killed. Well, of course, so. then there's the Force Unleashed video game. Yes. <laughs> which is set after the period of the prequels. And she's alive and well. So she still have the chance to appear on the last movie. And, uh, you know. Yeah. You well, never know. You never. Because yeah. she takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Shakti. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So she's very popular with girls, right? Uh, with girls and boys, I yeah. think. Yes, yes. I love, I love yeah. all the Jedi equally. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a it's a beautiful um, character. They they made a great job. Yeah. They, they did a great job uh, with all their outfit and mm. uh, makeup. And um, yeah, I'm glad I had a chance to you know to play this character. Now we're looking at a picture of her right now, and I thought her eyes were all black, but you can see the whites in her eyes right there a little bit. Yes, I mean, I put a really big ones. I think just because it's a sideways picture. Oh, okay. Definitely one of the more beautiful Jedi. I remember uh, they had a Midnight uh, Midnight Madness when Attack of the Clones came out, and your figure was released in the first wave. And I remember a friend of mine just looking at the figure, just going, this is probably the most beautiful action figure I've ever seen, you know? And it's, I I think the character is is one of the, one of the, Cooler looking Jedis for sure. Definitely. And I, they put lots of effort into it. Well, see, he's got friends who are falling in love with a piece of plastic. <laughs> I, bet, I bet the guy's head would explode if he came here and actually met you in person. You <laughs> thank know? you, thank you. Because, of course, you are very beautiful. Do you do modeling? I do, yes. You do, yes. Actually, I took some time off because uh-huh. I had a baby. Oh, you did? Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I have an eight month beautiful baby. Uh-huh. And um, now I'm back to work. Good. Acting and modeling. And I'm um, actually going to do a movie in July. Oh, really? Yes. We'll What's t- the name of that? I can't tell you much about it. Oh, but okay. when it's going to be... Um, Disclaimer. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's you know. handcuffed these days. You can't say anything. You <laughs> anything. know? What'd you have for lunch? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't tell you. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I signed... Uh, uh, there's paperwork. I can't tell you who I was with either. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, congratulations. Anyways, and I'm, I'm working on a uh, hair product line. So uh, what do you use for that long, flowing, beautiful brunette hair of yours? Go ahead, give them a plug. <laughs> nice shampoo. <laughs> just shampoo? It's like head and shoulders. I'm using no, that. No, no, I just no, grab no. anything. And those are okay. the good gigs because those are the ones that really pay the bills, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Actually, I'm working on it, so it's in the middle of production. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it's going to be out, I will bring it over yeah, and sell do it. it. Bring yeah. it over and sell it. That's yeah. what it's all about. That's what life is all about. <laughs> Well, that's great, and um, we have some questions to ask you about Return of the Jedi. This year, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Now, you, of course, remember Return of the Jedi, right? Yes, 1983? What were you, two years old then, 1983? Something like that? Kind of. See, you won't tell your age, right? <laughs> no. No, 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 never. Nice never. trick. <laughs> but you, of course, have seen Return of the Jedi. Right? I did, yes. I did. All right, Orly, you remember Princess Leia wore a, a metal bikini in Return of the Jedi. Of course I do. What do you think of that as, as far as fashion? Um, I think it's cool. You see a lot from her body. I'm not sure about fashionable, 
but it, it is nice. I will consider it as a, I'm actually thinking of doing um, a bikini line. And yes. I will definitely will consider using something metal oh, like that. Use some metal <laughs> for a bikini line. And what do you think of Job of the Hut? Would you give that guy a big kiss on the lips? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Jabba doesn't have lips, does he? Um, you know, he doesn't, but uh, you, can, you can imagine it. You know, use your imagination. <laughs> use your imagination. All right, Orly. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about Return of the Jedi, about what you... And congrats on uh, getting back into the acting business. Congrats thank you. on starting a family. Thank you so much. How old? I have eight months yeah. and three and a half years old. And a lot of our listeners are probably wondering where you're from because you have such a beautiful accent. I'm originally from Israel. Oh, yeah. I okay. born and raised in Israel, mm-hmm. but I've been here in the U.S. for um, more than five years. More than five years. Yes. But less than ten. <laughs> yes. Long enough to be in Attack of the Clones. Long, and you were long enough in, to get my citizenship, yeah. <laughs> and you were in Revenge of the Sith, too. Yes, But yes, it was yes. a kind of blink and you miss her moment. Yes, yes, yes. I think you're seen in a hologram sitting around the Jedi yeah. Council chambers. Even though they shot, uh, they shoot um, the dead scene, mm-hmm. Shakti's dead scene, but they cut it. But they cut it out, yeah. right. But you can still see it on mm-hmm. the deleted scene DVD. Still a thrill for you to be out there on the set. Yes, of both yes, films yes, yes, yes. and working with George Lucas. Definitely, definitely. How would you describe George's style as a director? He's actually very cool, very um, very easygoing, yes. nice to work with. It was very uh, peaceful during, um, during the set. You never feel any stress. It was nice, friendly, uh, with uh, some humor. Yeah. Now, now you're funny, a Chicago actually. girl now. I do, I am. You live here, and George's fiance lives in Chicago, too, and the wedding's going to be here. Have you RSVP'd yet? No. No? Have you gotten the invite yet? No, actually, I, I joined this um, at C2E2 just last minute. Uh-huh. So, and uh, But I'm talking about George's wedding. I know, I You're know. You're going, right? <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what. If I get an invite, I'll take you. Okay. You be my Is date that- for George Lucas's wedding? It's a good deal. All right. Will you dress as Shakti? No. <laughs> Imagine the heads. The heads would turn if I walked in with Shakti. I'm I, sure. I, I'd wear I'm the sure. Luke Skywalker shorty robe, that white robe he wears. Oh, the shorty robe. I'll wear that, <laughs> and not. you can dress up as Shakti, and we will crash George Lucas's wedding. I'm not sure they will let us in. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, we're getting in. <laughs> if I show up with a Jedi to George Lucas's wedding, we're I think, in. I think we have more chance like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Orly Shoshan, always a, a pleasure to meet you. Shakti, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. This is Rebel Force Radio. We're hanging out at C2E2. We're being heard live on 1530 AM WCKG here in the Chicago area. Still hanging out at the Sand Troopers booth with uh, Chris Spice. Chris, tell us about the raffle you're doing and who's going to benefit from all the money you're raising today. Yeah, Jimmy, we're out here. I've, I've assembled a prize package from, you know, the, the usual suspects, uh, Hasbro, Sideshow Collectibles, General Giant, Koto Bakia, uh, our friends at Rolling Thunder, our Dave Dorman, Joe Caroni, and I just put a nice little hodgepodge of collectibles together. Um, we're selling $1 raffle tickets, uh, $3 for uh, scalping exhibitors. All the money's going to go to uh, the Vasculitis Foundation. Uh, we, we do this pretty much everywhere we go. We try to pick a different charity and just kind of rotate it around. It's nice. I, I figured out after all these years, you know, the battle station's been rolling around since, I, I think, 07. Why give all this great stuff away 
when we can generate some money, help nice. somebody out in need. You know, it, it just all made sense. So that's why we do what we do. It's our third year exhibiting here. Uh, we're really enjoying it out here. That's great. And uh, sales have been good. You're uh, giving away a lot of uh, raffle tickets. And like like you said, these great prizes, it's totally worth it. And you're helping out a good cause. Absolutely. So uh, there's a couple things we know about you. You love to raise money for uh, charity and, and all that. And uh, you love to party. Y- yeah, true <laughs> true, and truer. Um, it's... it's uh, that that is that is well known. I, I do like you know helping people out. I think that's something that we don't see enough of in this world anymore. I think if more people were willing to help each other out, the the world would be a much much better place. I think. But yeah, giving back has always been important. Uh, we're we're here for the collector first and foremost, but you know also the fan. That's cool. And have you brought your? Uh your armor and your bucket, are you going to go trooping at this event? You know what, Jimmy? I brought it with me down to Kansas City, and I just couldn't get away from the table. I really can't remember the last time I was actually in my costume, and I miss it tremendously. Uh, but again, to, to step away, you really put yourself in a bad situation. So unfortunately, I, I got to be good old Darth Spice and just, just run the booth. Just run the booth. Just run the booth. Darth Spice. Yeah. Wow, that's a clever name. How'd you come yeah, up with oh, that? Oh, yeah, very original. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, people can follow the mad rantings of Darth Spice on Twitter. Yes, at Sand Troopers. And you can uh, follow us. Uh, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, uh, slash Sand Troopers. And yeah, our, our YouTube channel, sandtroopers.com, uh, DOT. Okay, and you guys are here all weekend at C2E2. All weekend long, sir. Yes, the Sand sir. Troopers Bunker. Well, it's great to see you, Chris. And it's great. You know, I, I really got to say, Jay, I'm so happy to actually finally be on Rebel Rebel Force Radio. Rebel Force Radio. Take that, Dave Filoni. Uh, and yeah, it, it's it, it's great to see you guys out here. It's I, When I saw you guys on the big sign when I walked in yesterday, I said, wow, that Jimmy, he's just working it, man. <laughs> well, that's great, man, and it's a pleasure to be here and hanging out in the bunker. Thanks uh, for we stopping go way by. Back. We go way back. Way you, back. Okay, one of the biggest experiences I ever had as a Star Wars fan we. was <laughs> attending the George Lucas Banquet yeah. at the Four Seasons to uh, raise money for the Gene Siskel Foundation. Yes. And uh, you and me got to hang out in the media room. Along with, the, with the real of, media, yeah, with we real were, media, with uh, uh, WGN, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, they were all there. And then you got Jimmy Mack and Chris Spice there at the end of the line. We were but, so under. I, I I remember feeling so overwhelmed that it was the second time I met George, and I actually had some decent conversation with him. Yes, it, it, you know, during the interview and even afterwards, got when when he was uh, signing the poster for Little Blake and yeah. things like that. I uh, actually got to chat it up a bit with him and Melody. True, great experience. And again, it was. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you ain't ever forgetting it. I ain't nope. forgetting it either. Uh, but yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. What a great experience that was, and it was you and me there. So yes, sir. I think uh, we'll always have that bond, and uh, it was a great night. And you're right, we got to hang out in that room with George for about a solid hour. Dude, I'd I say was, maybe even more. I was taking pictures with Jesse Jackson Jr. <laughs> and ABC Seven Jose Saunders and his mother. I mean, I, I, you can't beat it, dude. Well, John Favreau was there too. Yeah, yeah, he did slide in there, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was very, he was, he very, was, cool. Cool. Yeah. He was very cool. You know, that was a great night, and uh, that's something as a Star Wars fan, I'll never forget. Yeah, he Anytime. left Iron Man right to like the set to come do that award. I think, for so, yeah, I think Iron Man Two is was in production, and he took left. off from that, <laughs> came out to interview George, yes. and it was a very insightful, great interview. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, just hang out for dinner. And uh, it was it was a really excellent night. Like you said, Melody Hobson was there. We know she and George are now getting married here in Chicago. Me and Orly Shoshin, uh, Shakti, we are going to crash the wedding. I'm so down, dude. Would you come with us? I didn't. Would you take believe pictures I didn't of get an invite? <laughs> I'm going to wear the Luke Skywalker shorty robe from A New Hope. Uh, Orly is going to go fully dressed as Shakti. Okay. That will be a scene stealer, I'm sure. So. Awesome. <laughs> Great, man. Well, you know who we have to go catch up with? Our buddy Boba Fett, Daniel Logan. D'Lo, yes. He, D'Lo is here. Uh, yeah, I can confirm he is in the <laughs> Chicagoland area. Uh and he, I think he's checked in with the local law. And no, kidding. No, great kid. We hung out a little bit last night when he got into town. Uh, it's always great to see Daniel. Had a little talk. You know, like many, he's saddened that there's no more Clone Wars. Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about all that. So let's go get Daniel. And uh, again, Chris, thanks so much for the hospitality here at the Sandtroopers.com booth. That's where it all happens for Star Wars collectors. Sandtroopers.com continued uh, great success with everything on the web and what you do at conventions for charity and everything. You are totally appreciated. Thank you very much, Jimmy, and thank you for uh, stopping by, and, and, and it's been great. Thank you very much. Awesome. Who's the bounty hunter man that wears the armor of the Mandalorian? Thanks! You're damn right. Here we are, Daniel Logan. This is the man here. Everyone, Chicago is on lockdown. Daniel Logan is in town. How's it going, Dan? You know, it's like that uh, YouTube video. You didn't got to hide your kids, your wives, and your whole family. You know, Boba's out to play, you know? Boba's out to play. No, uh, I'm having a great time, man. Chi-Town, here we are again. Yeah. This is almost like um, a family reunion, you know? I feel like every time we do interviews, you're like my uncle. Like, okay, how are you growing now, Boba? (laughs) Like, what's new? You still staying out of trouble? Well, it is true that the first time I interviewed you, I think you were about 13 years old. It was at Star Wars Celebration 2. 13, man. Yeah, and that was right before the Attack of the Clones was released. And here you are. Are you 26 now? 26, yeah, next so, month. You know, we've seen you grow up at these conventions. I've grown up uh, not only Star Wars, but convention. You know? yeah. they, they literally brought me up. But the best thing about the conventions is not only have I been out to meet a lot of people, mm-hmm. but a lot of people being out to take the media... Um, websites like facebook and twitter and they repost all the pictures back to me that i've done since i've grown you know yeah. and i mean if you really look at it there's an evolution time chart of my life growing up star wars in the convention world because of how many pictures i take every year with the convention fans and um attendees and stuff you know and um i've been very blessed through that to realize you know like you know they they did a historical chart for me without even realizing you yeah. know yeah right wow that's really interesting to think about. So over the years, is there any certain conventions that stick out as like your favorite ones or maybe reoccurring conventions that you look forward to doing? Or do they all kind of just blend in together? Um, it's not that they all blend. It's just, you know, I, I still have fun at them. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I don't even remember exactly what state or what the exact name of the convention is. But I'm here having such a blast that it really doesn't even matter, you know? Yeah. Like, um, Sometimes I interview and I'm saying the wrong convention, you know, in the wrong state, you know, and I'm like, uh, maybe I should change it up a little, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love them all. I don't think there's a, a, a single one that I find more enjoyable than the rest because uh, I've just been very fortunate to travel the world and be able to do what I'm doing, be Boba Fett, you know, yeah. and uh, have people admire for what George Lucas created for me. And that's never gotten old to you. It's something you've never taken for granted. 
and something that you've always exploited in a really good way, like a way you give back. I see you at these things. You're always very friendly to kids. You're very friendly to all fans. And you're very friendly to us here on Rebel Force Radio. You know, yeah, you're always amen. you're always hanging with us, and uh, so we had you better some keep time. interviewing me. I'm gonna <laughs> bounty hunt after all you guys, especially Mr. Mac here. We haven't talked since the Clone Wars had wrapped while. up. It's wrapped up, and um, you know, obviously, we were expecting more seasons down the road, but just for whatever reasons, they decided now was the time to wrap it all up. Wrapping it all up before Boba's oh. story was fully told. So we got some loud stormtroopers back here. Listen, these guys, the Empire has no respect. There you go. This is not hands. the droid you're looking for. Are you sure? Move along. Uh, <laughs> Five. The 501st is keeping an eye on Daniel Logan. I don't know if I should feel safe or worried. Because those guys are the masters of destruction right there, the 501st. A bit of both, you know. <laughs> They'll lead you to the dark side and then try to pull you back to the rebellion, you know, straight away. It's confusing. Now, you, of course, you're a, an honorary member of the 501st, right? I've been for many years, yeah. yeah. When did that happen? Oh, Jeez. It's been a while, huh? One of the celebrations, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they, years ago, maybe at least nine years ago, I guess. They brought us on board as honorary friends a few years ago. So Friends? Yes. Oh. So, yeah, we're, we're friends of the Legion. Well, you know what? You'll always be an honorary friend of mine, yeah, Jimmy, all right? <laughs> yeah, always but, be. But they give you plaques and, and badges and coins. You, you know and, what? It sounds that good, but only the cool guys get the plaques and the coins and... I went to Celebration 6. They gave Dave Filoni and all the rest of the gang these, like, gloss, beautiful-looking... I'm sitting here thinking, well, what happened to mine? I got a little certificate with authenticity with a stamp, you know? Uh-huh. And I was like, this is awesome! <laughs> yes. They've come a long way, that 501st group. Oh, know? haven't they? And they're, they're awesome. So they're always doing good things for kids. You bring up um, Celebration, you bring up Filoni, you bring up things you got at Celebrations. Look what I got at the last Celebration. This, my friend, is the Wolfpack what? tattoo. It's part yeah. of the Wolfpack? <laughs> yeah, that's the Wolfpack right there. So I don't think I've ever really shown my tattoo in public like that. What do you got? Now, I heard oh. you were looking at some um, some tribal tattoos, perhaps, over at the Tattoo Pavilion here at C2E2. I, I am. You know, I, I always wondered what my family would do if I went home with the tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I can but just imagine. kind of warned me before I came home, don't come home with a tattoo. So when I got out here, I th- thought about it. I'm like, all right, I'll come home with two. Uh-huh. A tattoo means one. Two tattoos means it's fine. <laughs> so I was just trying to figure out where to put the tattoos on my body. We had a couple good spots, like my lower back. Ouch. Uh, maybe a Mike Tyson do a face tattoo. <laughs> uh, no, but so what we're going to do is I'm going to get sharpied uh, the tattoo or a similar tattoo, which would be yeah. s- similar to what I want. What do you want? Um, well, being from New Zealand, I'm a married Samoan. Yes. So I want to do a married design tattoo here, but it has to be from my tribe. Uh-huh. And then I, I'm going to uh, incorporate the middle of it with a Samoan tattoo. And then I'm going to finish it off with a married tattoo, but finish it off um, halfway up my forearm so that I can still roll up my wrist, yeah. uh, my shirt on my wrist. Yeah. That's Just what you want. I'm a ladies' man, you know, and I want them <laughs> to think that I'm still pure, clean, and, you know, no ink. Now, Tim Morrison also from New Zealand. Does he have similar tattoos? Did he go all the way and get the ink done? Do you know? You know, I don't know. Yeah. He has some? I yeah. Ne- i never seen my father fully naked before. <laughs> Your dad. I need to see if he has any better wounds. No, uh, I don't know. I would be surprised, though, if he doesn't, because yeah. he's more hardcore married than me, you yes. know? Yes. Now, he's the guy I could see with the face tattoo. As a matter of fact, I think he did have a face tattoo in uh, Once We're Warriors. 
Did he have a face no, tattoo? No, a lot of one? scarring. Was it? Oh, it was scarring. scarring. It's been a while since I've seen that film. That's a great film. That would definitely show you he's a great actor. That's what really put him on the map in New Zealand, especially. People meet him, you think he's such a terrible, terrible, terrifying yes. guy, and then you meet the guy, and you're like. Oh my God! You're a great actor. You know, like, <laughs> he's a great. All actor. this time, I've been terrified of you. But yeah. I mean, you know, he's uh, a very big inspiration in my life. Not only being from New Zealand, but the way he took me on board. You know, when I was a little kid, like even to today. I mean, I went back with my family. You know, and I asked him to come hang out. And he took us to a hot pool in the middle of a forest. You know, the stream was running at 100 degrees. It's like natural hot springs in the middle of a forest. Ooh, that sounds cool. You know cool. what I mean? It, that it sounds was cool. The, like. And then he feeds me in my tribe, you know, when I'm down there. You know, take on my tribe, and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, 50 people, holy moly, you know. Bring out the big pots. How cool is that? But, yeah, he's just, he's, he's really a great guy, and, I mean, he still treats me like a son to today, you know. I believe you guys were recently in Tennessee together for a convention. I saw you on the local news out there. They put the clip up on YouTube. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they were asking Tim about the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and they were asking you, too. So I'm going to ask you because I didn't hear your answer in that clip I saw. Since the last time we've talked, it's been announced that there's going to be new Star Wars films. And we've heard about the possibility of a standalone Boba Fett film. How do you feel about that? And are you making yourself available to return to Star Wars? You know what? With Star Wars, I don't feel like I uh, I owe in my life or I'm, I'm indebted, but I feel like it would be something I'd forever give back to. Um, yeah. And if Star Wars or Lucasfilm or Disney asked... In a heartbeat, I would be on that plane, on that boat, on that train, on that bus. Yeah, of course. And you I would be. give my life for Boba Fett. Yep, of course, Boba Fett's given me the life that I've had today. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I look at myself as I'm a very blessed little boy or young man now. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I've been working out. I mean, there's my. Ooh, oh, take those abs, so, man! I mean, That's washboard. If, look at that. If JJ doesn't want this for a bounty hunter, I don't know what he wants. Are you, are you training with Ray Park still? Uh, Ray's been a little busy. I yeah. was. I mean, I trained with Ray for five years, right. six years, you know, yeah. uh, every day. I um, I joke. I say, you know, he just used me as a punching bag, you know. <laughs> Shit. Needed something to move. You know, the other bag got a little stiff and didn't move the right way. But I, I love training with Ray. I, I learned everything that, you know, Darth Maul basically brought to the table and more. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I was interested if I ever got to do a physical role, you know. I would love to bring a little bit of Boba and myself to another role. Yes. And maybe even to the Boba Fett character, so... I mean, if they asked me, I, I I would give a limb, a body part. I'd give a family member just to be in Star Wars again. I well, mean, don't give the family member up that I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to give up one of my brothers or sisters, you know. <laughs> oh, I got oh. a lot of them, so we could... I got you, a family member. I could yes. spare one of those guys, you know <laughs> okay, what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Whew. So, but that's, that's cool. And, and have you ever actually studied any formal martial arts at all, like Ray? Well, I boxed to five years. Oh, did um, you? Actually, competitively as well, but... I mean, I got to learn how to hold my hands up and fight. Mm-hmm. I've kind of always fought my whole life because of my brothers beating me up. But um, <laughs> smart little mouth, little one, you know, I had to be, get beaten. But Are you the youngest brother? The youngest one, yeah. Yeah. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Six. Wow. Yeah, my mom was a busy lady. Are they all still back in New Zealand? All of them, yeah. 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 Boy, yeah. It went boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Wow, really? Yeah, Amazing. Well, you man. couldn't plan that if you tried. I don't know. I think she did, you know. She did it well, but... Um, any of your siblings in acting like you are? No, just me. How'd that happen? Um, I was the show-off of the family, uh-huh. you know? As my mom put it, the verbal diarrhea, I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> but um, I don't know, you know? I spent a lot of time in my room, sent there, you know, by myself. So it was me and the wall, you know? And I guess me and the wall got creative, and I 
end up finding a personality with imagination. That's awesome. What was your first acting gig? A commercial. Of it was course, funny yeah. as hell. They asked me, can I dive into the mud or dive into the, the floor as if I am diving into the mud? So I asked them simply like this, feet first, head first into the ground. They were amazed. From there, I think they were like, well, we've got to give him the role now. Mm. Um, and then a lady just started getting me more and more work. And that's where my little this life started as a career of acting, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you can be whoever you want to be. People ask me all the time, Daniel, how do I become an actor? Where do I go? Who do I see? And it's like, well, really, there's, there's no way into it. It's a very tight community. And unless you're, in, you're born in it or you have a special blessed opportunity, it's the hardest op- uh, occupation. But I tell people, we have so much, as in the media of the internet, that Facebook, YouTube, we can make our own videos, our own movies. My friends, they love holding a camera. My friends, I love acting. I love talking. Another friend is really good at computers. Well, I have a small little crew here already. I have my director. I have my editor. I have me, the actor. I have a couple of my lady friends as the caterers and the makeup hair girls. I mean, we can do our own movies nowadays, you know, and put them out there. And that will cause publicity for you to be like, well, all right, well, he's actually motivated to go out there and do it for himself. But the only other way that I could recommend is you find all your family members, you ask them to take all their money, invest into a movie, say, we're going to finance this movie, but we want our little son right here to be one of the stars. (laughs) There you go. Well, that's a good way to do it. And actually, you know, investing in films for like, you know, people who make good livings, like doctors and lawyers and whatnot, it's actually a really good investment because they make their money back and then some almost all the time. And the Mormon Church was one of the leaders in the Star Wars franchise to start putting up money for the movies. Yes. So you think what their return on that was? Oh, my goodness. They <laughs> well, it was at least $4 billion. That's what George sold it for, right? They went and bought themselves a beautiful little gold statue on top of a couple more buildings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and admire and, you know, sit outside and pray to. Oh, my goodness. So we, we didn't really talk about Clone Wars, though. So, give me your thoughts on it all wrapping up and, and the fact that the Boba Fett story is still shrouded in mystery. We still don't know how he got into the armor. We don't know how he got back the Slave One from Hondo Onaka, who stole it. These are questions that we thought we were going to get the answers to in Star Wars The Clone Wars, but unfortunately it's not going to happen. I can see you're bummed. I mean, we are, we're all bummed about it. No, I'm, uh, I'm not bummed. I'm just curious to where they're going to go. Because um, Dave Filoni is a, is a very, very great and very creative director. Yeah. I mean, his team out there, they created some very good stuff. And, I mean, although we went some, through some, like, you know, quiet stories, we were like, okay, you know, what's going on? There was a reasoning behind all those. Absolutely. But, where they were going to take the Clone Wars and the galaxy that was created that was for the future. Um, it was amazing, you know, and Boba's bounties definitely went over. Um, but I, uh, you know, I stay positive and I, I look forward to um, whatever Lucasfilm or Disney create mm-hmm. out of any cartoons, you know. Um, as a Star Wars fan, now, I just look at it like, you know, anything to help us continue to be in this universe, I, I love. Yeah. So... I wish that the Clone Wars continued because, you know, I had done a little bit of work on it, you know, and mm-hmm. as Dave said that it, I was going to come out and it was some good, good stuff. Yeah. But you yeah. never know. They still might get released, you know, yeah, you just never in a know. different way. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You did the work for it already. So maybe they'll take all those assets, all the work that's been done and, and pump out a few more episodes. So we recommend fans let Disney know. 
that we support the show and we would like to see more of it. So it, it never hurts to write Disney. We got the uh, addresses on our Facebook page or just look it up in the phone book. <laughs> look it send, up in the phone send, book. Send Bob Iger a message over at uh, Disney Corporate Headquarters in Burbank. Mickey. You know, Mickey's in his little house. Yeah, yeah, in right to Mickey. Land. Send, send Donald Duck an email. Do you have Donald Duck's email address? I lost it. I actually just changed my phone number. But if you get hold of Mickey, tell him Minnie, Daniel Logan from Star Wars. Yes. Hung out with her a couple weeks ago. Sorry, Mickey. But, yeah, you know, talking business. Any uh, favorite moments that stand out now that Clone Wars is wrapped up? Are there any episodes that might have been your favorite or moments in the studio? Obviously, you worked with Jamie King, who played Aura Singh a lot. You guys recorded together. Uh, any Anything jump out working with Jamie? Jamie was the best. She had this very, very um, seductive way about her when she got <laughs> into the uh, into the booth and when she was working, um, to where she actually became Aura Singh, you know, mm. with those long fingers, you know, and the caressing way she talked, and really became the character that, you know, made it such a powerful and influential character in the Clone Wars. And then when she was... Uh, I don't know if they brought that story out. Yeah, they brought that story out. <laughs> oh, see... Now, he's thinking about stories he's recorded. i got to go but he's talk not to the gang sure. and find out what I can and can't say. Because, yeah, we didn't hear that there was going to be a conclusion to their story. And maybe Cad Bane was thrown in there a little bit, too. Whether or not we'll see those. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing. Jimmy. He's laughing. He's laughing. that one. And maybe what about this storyline? And what, Yeah, and this one probably was there. All right. Jimmy knows everything. Well, Daniel Logan, you know, it's always a pleasure hey, to see you, man. My man. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, we hope to uh, see you continue to work in Star Wars in some way, shape, or form moving forward. You always have a home here with us at Rebel Force Radio. So we'll keep that. you steeped in Star Wars whether you like and it or not. And I am the biggest fan and listener. So to all you listeners, we really appreciate you. I love people who come up. They tell me how great not only Jimmy is and myself, but how good the conversations flow. So keep listening, guys, because, you know, Jimmy is the best on the radio. That's why he is where he is right now after all these years. So um, I love him. I love you guys. Thanks for keeping Star Wars alive, and, you know, stay tuned, because my little mouse is not the only thing that can talk in this universe. <laughs> and I'm not the best-looking one in the universe Oh, I either. don't know about that. I don't know about that. So the next bounty, the hunt will be on you guys. <laughs> All right, thanks a stay lot, Stay tuned to the Rebel Force Radio. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Rebel Force Radio, your source for the Force. Sitting down with one of the original fanboys... <laughs> Am I? Are you? I don't know. As I think of, you are. As of like 1996, I guess. Or, or wait. No, as of like 2006. I'm really old. Sorry. Well, I have to give you that status because you were Eric in Fanboys. I'm, I was. Of course, talking to none other than Sam Huntington, who uh, Star Wars fans got to know you in that film. Yeah. Fanboys. Yeah. Are you a big Star Wars fan yourself? I get right into I am. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, I have a, a small child, a almost four year old son who's now into like super into Clone Wars, and uh, I just showed him a New Hope uh, for the first time the other day with with our buddy Sam Witwer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he nearly crapped himself. Really? Uh, yeah. It was like one of the best things that's ever happened to him, and so. Recently, I've been even more into Star Wars because my son is so into it. That's so. great to, to relive the saga through Absolutely, a kid's yeah. eyes. Totally. I'm basically watching him watch it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's so cool. And you react when he reacts. Absolutely. And, and, and you forget like all the, you know, the, 
little things that you know that that make that that franchise so fantastic. Yeah, is one time I uh, spoke to George Lucas himself, and we talked a little bit about the Clone Wars, and he said kids love the Clone Wars, but when they look back at the original trilogy, they think, oh, it's it's too slow paced for me. It's 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 not exciting enough. You found with your what's your four year old uh, name? His, his name's Charlie. And Charlie, no, and I actually couldn't disagree more. I mean, granted, <clears throat> there's it's a lot. There's a lot more to follow. Mm-hmm. So he was asking questions every, you know, every, literally every 10 seconds. But I think that was just because he was really trying to understand what was going on. And he was getting it. You know, he gets the big themes. This guy's a good guy. This guy's a bad guy. They right. captured this guy. Okay, now that, you know. Um, but, uh, but he was just trying to understand it. I think at the end of the day, he really got it. He really enjoyed it. And I think it's just going to get, it's, the more he starts to understand it, the more he's going to enjoy it. Uh, and he's completely obsessed with Obi-Wan. Oh, good. So, uh, you know, every time he's on screen, it's like, uh, you know, the best thing that's ever happened. So he understands he's seeing Obi-Wan from the Clone he Wars does. as an old he man. He understands yeah. it all, yeah. yeah. He's a really sharp kid. Does he understand the fact that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? Not yet. No, good. No, that's good. That's a yet. good thing. No, he doesn't get mm-hmm. that yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. I'm trying to. I have a book called Darth Vader and Son. Yes, it's a great book. Yes, uh, and uh, and I read that to him. But I'm, I'm I'm like really cautious when I read it to him. I skip certain parts because it almost gets spoilery. I see. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Uh, so I'm really trying to avoid things that are like going to give away too much because I want call. It to, I want it to blow his mind. I want yeah. all these giant you know uh, reveals to like blow his mind. You know what's interesting is when I finally showed uh, my youngest son, who's now ten, I showed him. Star Wars, Empire, Turn of the Jedi, when he was about six. Okay. And he knew about Darth Vader being Luke's father. Right. And I said, well, how do you know? And he says, robot chicken. Oh, my God. I was God. like, oh, so you know, these spoilers pop yeah, up. Out yeah, of no- yeah. You don't even yeah. know where because, they're going to. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a real, uh, you know, it's a real coup to the Star Wars franchise that it's such a huge pop culture phenomenon mm-hmm. that these references are Everywhere. 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 Mm-hmm. So you can't really help it. Yeah. It's going to happen. I, I think he enjoys the world so much it's not going to matter. Uh, my son, anyway. He's yeah, right. such a cinemaphile. He loves movies so much. Wow, that's amazing. That, yeah, I'm really lucky. Like, I love, It's my favorite thing to do with him is like watch movies and introduce mm-hmm. these, these movies that were so important to me as a child, you know. Have him sit and watch them now. It's really well, special. Star Wars is such an obvious. Yeah. But what are other movies that made an impact uh, on you? That made an impact on me as a the, as a child. The, yeah, the, that, that you're turning your kid onto. Sure. Uh, well, he's a little young for certain stuff, but I, I Superman the movie. Yeah. Oh, great one. Uh, Good one. Uh, the Goonies. Yes. Which is of way course. Too young to, you know, I, it's so interesting. I started showing him it recently, and I like about five seconds into it, I was like, "Oh, this is way too adult for him," and uh, and ter- I had to turn it off. Uh, but uh, um, there's a lot of stuff that's like coming up. That I'm really excited, to, and of course, Star Wars. I yeah, mean, right. Star Wars is the obvious one. Yeah. Have you ever considered a specific order you want him to see yeah. the films in? It's going to be uh, four, four, five, one, two, three, six. You know, that's becoming such a fashionable yeah. way to yeah. do it. Yeah. It's it's a great idea. Yeah. It's yeah. a great idea. I almost wish I could go back in time and experience it in a similar like fashion. Like that, yeah. Of course, I did four, five, six, one, two, three. Of course, of course. And now we know more Star Wars films are coming. Oh, yeah. So what excites you about the prospect of seeing new Star Wars? Oh, everything. Well, yeah. Everything. The fact that my son 
I get to take my son to take him to a new Star Wars film mm-hmm. in 2015. One, one that, frankly, I'm really excited about. I apologize for my voice. My voice is just gone. Hey, it's a convention. That uh, happens. Yeah, God, it's just gone. Um, it, anyway, the the idea of taking him to a new Star Wars film. Uh, wh- wh- like I said, one that I'm extremely excited about is like beyond exciting for me. I mean, yeah. that, that is uh, that is going to be one of the biggest moments of of my parenting mm-hmm. life. You right, know? I know it. Mm-hmm. So I, the goal is to get him through the, the you know the first six before you know summer 2015. <laughs> I think you have time. I, I will get there. I will get. <laughs> I know there. you will. So, yeah, yeah. I know you will. So you and Charlie are going to have a great time. Oh yeah, it's yeah. going to be good. It's going to be yeah, good because I mean he's going to be prime time age. Oh absolutely, see. he's going to be six years old. It's yeah. gonna be have that theatrical experience. Oh my lord, it's going to be mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I know. I'm beyond excited. I'm, I'm looking at it the same way yeah. as a dad. You yeah. know, yeah. it's yeah. like wow, they're going to be able to 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 see these films in the theater and go through that anticipation oh, period yeah. and 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 the the period where you're speculating oh, and yeah. all that because as original trilogy fans like we are we went through that and that was a very important part of our fandom too you know 100% so working on fanboys yep <laughs> you worked with uh, Kyle and Kyle is one of the biggest Star Wars fans in the world he I think it's safe to say more so on that I think we all became mm-hmm. even more so on that film yeah Kyle yeah Kyle his wealth of Star Wars knowledge is Beyond anything I've ever experienced, I, I and Whitwer is like a crazy Star oh, Wars guy to say too. the least. Yes, I would love a, a trivia off between Sam and Kyle. Sam and Kyle trivia that would be amazing. I think I've been involved in some email threads where this actually does go down. Oh my lord! <laughs> so. It could be a, an incredible thing to watch. So, what kind of guy is Kyle like on the set? Uh, he's like twelve years old. Yep. As you know, I mean, that's what makes him so great is like he's like gets super excited about everything and it's infectious. Yes. Uh, That was that's one of Kyle's greatest qualities is he's like and and he and I are very similar in that way. Like I I get I get so excited And, and Kyle, too, like he just he's just super he was super pumped the whole time we were making fanboys because I think it was like a dream for him mm-hmm. you know it was a dream come true mm-hmm. and uh, and he cared so much and that carried obviously into the post-production madness and what happened with the release and, oh god yeah and uh, the poor guy but um, what was that like for you as an actor to be was witnessing this all go down because it you sucked. put so much into the film yeah, and yeah. it became a real question as to whether or not it would ever even be released. I just never even, I never understood, I still to this day don't understand uh, why they didn't just release the f- thing, mm-hmm. pardon me. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and we went back through and reshot so much yeah. and a little bit of it made it into the film. But ultimately, it was a it was the same film we we made initially. Yes, there were some she- scenes that were reshot with bigger named actor- actors, wonderful actors. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it was it was the same movie. It was essentially, and they the same didn't thing. market it how they should have, and and they didn't release it the way they should have, and it, it's been a disappointment to me since the movie came out. But, you know, it's almost a distant memory now. Yeah. Because the film's out there, it exists. It's, uh, and, it's and on it's, cable right. all the time. That's right, yep. And so all that just kind of... Half the people I meet at these conventions are excited to talk about fanboys. Yeah. More than half, most. Mm-hmm. It's uh, made an impact. Absolutely. In this world, which is what, which is what it was supposed to do anyway. So yeah. you're right. It, I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. 
I just it's a great movie and I wanted it to reach as many people as possible so. right right and it, it did miss that opportunity yeah, did, a little bit yeah. yeah and uh, Roger Ebert the late great Roger Ebert um, who's a guy I've worked with here in Chicago yeah. over the years um, he gave it sort of a, a harsh review saying it was I a remember. celebration of an idiotic lifestyle right right and right. as a Star Wars fan I took great uh, umbrage to that oh, comment yeah. oh, and I, yeah. I took Roger on head to head I, I ranted about it on the show I sent him a transcript of that rant he actually published it wow because that's the type of guy he is yeah, always, yeah. he was always open to debate right and right, if he right. threw out his opinion I think he was disappointed if people didn't throw their opinions yeah, they back just at him it at face right value, yeah. but I, I really thought he was out of line by saying calling it an idiotic lifestyle yeah, because madness. I think Star Wars fandom is a very healthy way for kids and adults this is such a wonderful innocent way to live I mean I'm, I'm, I go I love going to these conventions because everyone's just here to have a good time and smile and share in their passion for you know nerdery and it's like it's just the best I don't even think it can be called nerd geek culture anymore right because I'm with you on so this so mainstream yeah, absolutely that's it it's almost mainstream culture people love it absolutely I mean look at the top grossing films yep, yep. you know it, it's got to be more than just the niche audience no going to see these things and, you know I, I believe a lot of it is uh, we are you know we are the audience now right so when we grew up with this stuff yes. it's just changing with us right so now we are adults mm -hmm. and we are dictating what's out there and, and what you know and, and dictating what you know the 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 trends in entertainment, and uh, and I think that I don't know. That's probably why it's been impacted. Yeah, and, and uh, your your current project, Being Human, also yeah. um, definitely attracts that sort of audience. Yeah. That and it's a mainstream audience. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, what's happening? You're of course working with Sam on that. Yep. On that show, yep. and uh, Sam's a pretty t intense guy on the set. Would you say? No, he's Sam not. Is, is he laid back? Such a goofball. Is he? He's. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, we can all get like serious when we need to be, mm -hmm. but no, we are like absolute imbeciles. Uh, it makes Keeps me so happy. Yeah, his persona that he puts on his like, you know, hard faced, you know, brooding, yes. dark persona mm -hmm. is not Sam Witwer. Mm -hmm. That's not him. I think he gets uncomfortable sometimes, so he puts that face on. Yeah. It's a, but, uh, but no, he is the most lighthearted, wonderful, genuinely sweet, amazing human being. Well, this I've always known and about funny, Sam. And funny and outgoing and outspoken and r hilarious and just like... That he's one of the more, more boisterous men I've ever met in my life. This I've always known about Sam. And this is something that I think is a very great quality of his. Yeah. But for some reason... And well, I've never been exposed to seeing him on the set or in a professional situation like that. But for some reason, I always thought that he was like super intense when it came to his craft and acting. And he, he is a, a student of the of you know of acting for sure. Yeah, and he does take it very seriously. We all do, of course. You're professional, absolutely. But we laugh a lot, and we have a lot of fun, mm -hmm. and. Even though we take, yeah, uh, even though we take our craft seriously, it's not at the expense of having a good time and right. enjoying what we do. 
Mm-hmm. That's the that's the most important thing. That's great. Well, your enthusiasm and passion comes through a lot of things you you do personally, yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I see that with being human and your films like Detroit Rock City, yeah. and uh, the, the Superman, yes. and uh, fanboys, especially course, fanboys. Yeah. Sam, it's such a pleasure to meet you, dude. Absolutely, man. You know, you're you're such a great guy, and I'm yes. a big fan of, of your work, and uh, I, I hope you continue to have success. Thank you in uh, everything you do. Awesome, I appreciate that. I ho- I hope so too. <laughs> Rebel Force Radio. The Force is strong with this one. Your source for the Force. Back with one of our favorite people here on Rebel Force Radio, Ahsoka Tano herself, <laughs> Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> Jimmy Mack. I, it makes my day to be able to chat with you. I am so excited to be on Rebel Force Radio again. That's the best. That makes me so happy to hear that. <laughs> because you know, people love it when you're on. Last time you were on, I, I, somebody told me today in this convention center that the last time you were on the show they cried what? because because Ahsoka had walked away from the Jedi order and I think I think she made a lot of people cry yeah <laughs> yeah so we what we heard about the tears were flowing just even in the screening room before the the episode was released so it must yeah. be nice to know that you helped create a character that made that kind of impact with fans it is, and especially to see how far she's come, because trust me, I know how many haters she had in the beginning, yeah. especially after the movie that came out, and um, I just begged fans for their patience and just to stick with her, and it is amazing. It was amazing to read all of the comments after that finale. Mm-hmm. It was almost like being able to be at your own eulogy, because fans, it was like this amazing outpour of what Ahsoka has meant to them over the past five seasons. Yeah. And honestly, I was so touched. I I just continue to tear up time and time again. That must have been hard for you during that first season following the, the film and everything when you were dealing with hardcore Star Wars fans who weren't that accepting of Ahsoka <laughs> right out of the box. What was that like for you to go through that? Well, luckily, um, with my husband being in the sports world, and I learned very quickly, one of the first things he told me when we first started dating was, do not read the message boards. Right. And um, when we first started dating, I made the mistake of reading the message boards, (laughs) and uh, I was kind of ripped to shreds by some girls that thought that they were going to be the future Mrs. Eckstein. And so after that, (laughs) I stayed off of the message boards. Well, once the movie came out... um, of course, I had a little bit of curiosity, and I read some of the message boards, and same thing, quickly realized, ooh, maybe I should stay off of these, because there was definitely a lot of hate coming her way, but um, I just think I knew that it was going to be a process, and still to this day, Dave Filoni likes to bust my chops, and tell me that I didn't quite understand um, how controversial her character was going to be. Right. Because, you know, people didn't know that Anakin Skywalker had a Padawan. So I went into this, I was so naive, so naive. And I think looking at it so positively because I just didn't know any better actually kind of helped me. Oh, yeah. Just uh, the ignorance is bliss sort yes. of approach, yes. I guess. But you certainly learned a lot. And also you had the benefit of knowing where her story was going and where her character was going in advance of us just sitting at home and watching it all unfold. Obviously, yeah. you guys would be working on these episodes a year in advance. And um, so that probably gave you confidence knowing, well, you know, maybe the fans don't like her now, but they'll, they'll come around. They'll come around. And they did. 
Yeah, I mean, I had the luxury of always being a season ahead. Yeah. So everything you saw, I knew um, what she was doing a season ahead. And, and so I did. I would constantly try to give the fans, like, little teasers and spoilers. Like, look, just stick with her. You're going to be so excited about where she's going. Yeah. I mean... Man, she went through a lot. She did. She she went through a lot. We I believe we saw the five seasons of the show from her perspective. It sort of played yeah. out through her eyes in a way. So when she walked away from the show, it only makes sense that the show itself would go away. And, and, I and think some, that's what they thought. Yeah. Well, that's why they placed the episode when they did. Um, and so here we are talking about the end of the Clone Wars. Last time we had you on the show, we didn't really know what the future had in store, but now we know that the production is winding down or wrapped up, and we'll be able to see a few more episodes as bonus content, quote. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that is. Um, You haven't been given any insight as to how these episodes are going to be released, have you? No, I yeah. haven't. I haven't. Um, I, I have no idea when we'll get to see him. I hope it's soon. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I, I'm, I'm going to sound like such a tease right now. I hate, I hate doing that. However, um, I did get to go up to Big Rock a couple weeks ago. I got to oh. see Dave, and he did show me some clips of the yet-to-be-seen episodes, and oh. they are amazing. I mean, literally some of the best stuff yet. They're truly incredible. And so I think as Clone Wars fans, it is exciting because the, the stuff that's yet to be seen is incredible. Some amazing performances from Dee Bradley Baker and Tom Kane. Yes. And, Tom um, Kane. So are we going to be seeing Yoda in these episodes? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Uh, Tom just... has voiced several characters in the Clone Wars. Well, listen, big cheer and for Tom yes, Kane. Apparently, Tom there are Kane just thousands, in the door. <laughs> thousands of Tom Kane fans in the house. Yes, that's what I love, love about Tom Kane. That's what I love about convention centers is that there's just occasionally random acts of applause. Yeah. <laughs> random, completely random. There's what what you know the fans listening right now can't see is that there's a stage yeah. to our left. Right. Yesterday they did a musical interpretation of Buffy the musical episode. Is that what they were doing That's up there? That's what they were oh doing. My and um, a dramatic reading of the killing of Shakespeare. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so there was, it was quite eventful on the C2E2 well, stage. If anything, it's a very diverse uh, palette of entertainment here. Yes. <laughs> Golly. So yes. we were talking about Tom and yes. Yoda. Specifically, the reason I asked is because Tom went on the record saying that there's a very important Yoda arc that he had done voice work for. And he thought that it's going to be released as part of this bonus content. So, Well, um... I don't know what I can and cannot say. However, Tom is incredible, <laughs> and uh, he's voiced many characters on The Clone Wars, so take that for what you will. You know, he's, of course, the only voice actor to have his work heard in every episode, because yes. he was the narrator, of course. That's true. So uh, whether it's the narrator or something else, Tom is always incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so nice that you were able to make it out to Big Rock, and... Uh, yes go uh, see some episodes there in the screening room. I actually sat in that screening room uh, one time a year ago. Oh, wow. And I got to sit in George's actual chair, yep. Yep. the sweet spot in the room, yes. and watch a couple episodes of... Uh, That's a bit Clone surreal, Wars. right? It was, well, it was just yeah. me and Filoni in this dark room together. Wow. And, you, know, you and Dave in a dark room together. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, well... Um, <laughs> and, you know, you think, as a fan, 
it's like, wow, this is fantastic. I'm hitting, sitting here with the supervising director of the show, and I'm sitting in the creator's chair. And so it was even hard to just concentrate on the episode itself. Yeah. So I thought I would have a million questions for Dave once the lights came on and we walked out of there, and I was just a blank slate. <laughs> I was just like so blown away by the whole experience, I couldn't even comprehend the episode I had just seen. Yeah. I think I might have asked him one silly question <laughs> about, about the planet they were on or some sort of absurdity, but it was actually the... Um, Rako Hardeen. Oh yeah, episodes. those are some amazing episodes. Yeah, so I saw a couple of those at Big Rock Ranch, and it was just such an honor and a mm-hmm. thrill to be able to to do that. And you know, like you, I am able to to get access to certain cool Star Wars events or connections or whatever, and it's like never take it for granted. I feel no. so blessed to have the opportunity to do so because exactly. I am just a fan. Let's face it. No, well, Jimmy Mack, let's face it. What <laughs> what you do for the Star Wars community, you're really um, such a cheerleader, and we appreciate that. And I mean, go team, go team. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's so. really nice of you to say. So, uh, well, we're looking forward to this bonus content. But as the show now is officially at an end, and, and we can look back and in retrospect, are there any sort of episodes that Ahsoka was featured in that really are special to you? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's special episodes in each season, and I really like how each season we get to watch her grow. Um, You know, the episodes where she meets Chewbacca are are really incredible because she's truly on her own at that point, and she has to take what she's learned from Anakin and and get out of a situation all by herself. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love the Mortis trilogy. Yes. I think those episodes just visually are stunning. Uh Um, I love how she... You, we see older Ahsoka and then dark side Ahsoka and then this incredible fight scene with her and Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, and then What did you do different for dark side Ahsoka as opposed to your typical... I mean, obviously, you had to put an evil edge to her. Yeah. But she's usually so enthusiastic and so willing to put herself in the line of fire for the, 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 the fight for good when all of a sudden... The tables are turned, and now Ahsoka is an evil character. What do you tap into as an actress? <laughs> you know, um, I was having a hard time with that at first because I was like, "Do I just drop my voice? Do I how how do I do this?" And it was actually James Arnold Taylor was in the studio mm-hmm. with me, and. Um, he came over and just had this private conversation with me and we worked on it and really tried to play her just kind of creepy and and um, it was really with the, the sing song in her voice and uh, we just played with that and um, I, I don't know, we had fun with it and he really, he was a big help. When you say the sing song in the voice, it's kind of like a Wicked Witch of the West sort of thing, you yeah. know? How she has that cadence that goes up and down. Yeah. How about a little fire scarecrow, you know? That yeah, kind of exactly, thing. exactly. So you might have been, you know, just somewhere in your subconscious tapping into that. One of the so. greatest screen villains of all time. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> think so. Uh, the Wizard of Oz terrified me as a child and as much as I loved Dorothy, I didn't want to watch it because of the Wicked Witch. So maybe that that subconsciously came up during those the, those episodes. But um, you know, I also love the the youngling episodes where Ahsoka we get to see her more as the teacher and the mentor. Mm-hmm. Which you know, by season five, I think 
I really like her in that role. I really like her in that role a lot. Well, um, yeah. Which you never know. I mean, now that we don't know where she is, I mean, she definitely could continue to be a mentor and a teacher somewhere. Yep. And then, of course, the finale. Yeah. Those episodes are just incredible. Right. We'll never forget those. No. I mean, no. a lot of TV shows come and go, and uh, some of them stick around a few seasons too long. And, of course, we wanted a few more seasons of The Clone Wars, but... You know, looking back, I think you guys really went out on top, and that's kind of a, an important thing to uh, to always think about that legacy that you've left for the Star Wars saga. Oh well, yeah. thank you. I mean, I can't thank the fans enough. All of the amazing comments we got, and I read them all. I mean, literally, it, it was almost therapeutic for me because I, I knew you know that the show wasn't going to continue, and so to be able to read all of the fans' comments was was really nice yeah. because sometimes you get so focused on work you don't realize the impact it's having and so um, I just want to thank everyone because what they may consider just a simple comment really was very touching to us that's right and so you're looking at all this stuff and oh, yeah. it, it comes to you unfiltered and, and you look at it you appreciate it so uh, we always encourage fans to speak up and even the show has been put aside we still encourage fans to let Disney know how much they love the show that's very important, and and I say that's very important for the legacy of these characters, because Disney is going to be making so many new Star Wars stories. I mean, let's face it, it's a very exciting time to be a Star Wars yeah. fan, and the more popular that they believe the characters to be, you know, the stronger chance that they're going to yes. show up in future stories, so... Just because we may not be getting more Clone Wars, it doesn't mean you should stop expressing your support of these characters. Absolutely. I would say that that's very important. That's right. And so we get the uh, address out there for Disney Corporate there in Burbank. We put it up on our Facebook page. So uh, we're always encouraging uh, fans to, to keep that communication open with them and let them know what you like. Yes. And a lot of Star Wars fans just simply love the Clone Wars. Well, they love the work you. you've done in it. And thank I've told you, you. before, um, when it comes to some of my favorite Ahsoka episodes, I really enjoyed Lightsaber Lost a lot. I thought that was a fantastic season two episode that really thrust Ahsoka into the spotlight, put her out there on her own, unarmed, and uh, trying to fix a problem that yep. she believes she took, you know, she took full responsibility for losing that saber. And... Um, you did a lot of work with Jamie King in the studio. She <laughs> yes. played Cassie Cryer. And uh, so you have any memories of uh, working with Jamie? I do. I do. Because Dave Filoni, he wouldn't tell us ahead of time who we were going to be recording with. Right. So I'd walk into the studio on any given day, and there'd be George Takai. There'd be Michael York. You know, I, all of these amazing people. Jim Cummings. Yes. And um, I never knew who I'd be going to work with. Well, when we recorded those episodes, I was um, actually living in San Diego at the time. David was playing for the Padres, and I would have a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive up to the studio. Wow. And so I'd have to leave really early. And um, that morning, I was so tired. David had had a late night, a late game the night before. So I just I washed my hair. I was still wet. I put it up in a bun on top of my head, didn't do any makeup, threw on like an old vintage T-shirt, uh, which was... <laughs> 
<laughs> one of my favorites, a vintage New Kids on the Block t-shirt, yeah, mind right. you. I was very proud of it. <laughs> say it but loud, it was say not proud. my finest outfit. And then just some ripped jeans, like nothing, because it's voiceover, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. In walks into the studio. I'd never met her before, but literally, like, my favorite supermodel of all time, Jamie King. I, like, way before I knew that she liked Star Wars, I followed her as a model. Yeah, well, you're a big fashionista. I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah. And then into the studio walks Jamie King, and I'm like, are you serious? The one day that I don't do my hair, I don't do my makeup, I am looking awful, in walks Jamie King. And she couldn't have been the nicest person. I mean, she was so nice. She couldn't have been nicer. Um, and we've obviously, I've gotten to know over the years and now become friends. But And she did like my New Kids on the Block shirt, I must say. Yeah, something tells me uh, that would have been an icebreaker there between the <laughs> two of you, being from that generation. Oh, Jordan, I love you. <laughs> Oh, oh the, the crowd goes wild again. You know? Hey, they're cheering for Jordan. <laughs> they love some NKOBT. And, of course, uh, you're going to be at Star Wars Weekends again this year. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. Honestly, Disney Star Wars Weekends is my favorite time of the year because, uh, you know, I'm such a big Disney nut. I'm such a Disney fan. That's why... You know, I, I'm very excited about Disney buying Star Wars um, just because it's like my two loves coming together. And Disney, for Disney Star Wars Weekends, has brought such a level of perfection to Star Wars that I just have to hope and believe that they're going to continue to do that with the franchise. Yeah. And it's a great event. If anyone has never been, I highly, highly recommend it. It's family friendly. Yes. Um, great uh, celebrities to meet. Brand new merchandise, exclusive merchandise, autographs, shows, um, all sorts of things. I mean, your whole day can be planned around Star Wars and then, you know, Disney as well. Well, that's perfect. You know, for someone who's not been there like me, oh, I will get there. It. I will get there. We we tried to work out some arrangements to get out there this year, and it was just started too late and everything fell through. And, you know, we kicked off this new show and websites and yes, everything. Yes, and congratulations, like, oh, thank by you. the way. Yes. I'm so excited for you guys with your new show. Yeah, yeah. We're and having on the a lot radio. Of fun. Very excited. Yeah, we're on the radio, uh, 1530 AM WCKG. So, hello, everyone listening in Chicagoland. <laughs> hello. <laughs> and, I'm um, about to have your pizza tonight. I'm so excited. Oh, good for you. Do you know where you're going? Pisanos. Pisanos. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I've had Gino's. I've had yeah. Giordano's. So, we're trying a new pizza place. I try Lou Malnati's sometime. Okay. Yeah, that's my personal favorite, the okay. Lou Malnati's. It's fantastic. I will. That's, I mean, because that's true Chicago deep dish. Oh, wow. Most of the time when people come in from out of town, I'll, I'll take them to Giordano's. Yeah. I always think that's a good place to start. Yeah. But when you get to the Malnati's, oh, forget about it. That's You're having core. real Chicago pizza. Yeah. We have some questions to ask you about Return of the Jedi. This year we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So, Ashley Exide, what do you love about Return of the Jedi? What I love about Return of the Jedi is the Ewoks. I'm sorry. I know. Fans are laughing at me. I'm outing myself. I'm embarrassing myself, but I do love the Ewoks. Hard to believe that the woman who played Ahsoka Tano loves the cute little fuzzy teddy bears of the Star Wars universe. Hey, Ahsoka found a way to find Rada the Hutt adorable. I mean, I think she made Stinky cute, which is hard to do. So it doesn't surprise me that Ahsoka would like Ewoks. Well, speaking of Jabba the Hutt and the fact that you are so into fashion, Ashley, what do you think about that metal bikini Jabba made Princess Leia wear? The metal bikini, uh, you know, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, really pulled off that metal bikini. She looked incredible in it. And, uh, you know, for her universe, we haven't made it yet because it's already been done. And it's already 
you know, like girls can get it and they it looks amazing on them already. So I usually don't pick a design that's already being done. If I can't do it better, then I just leave it alone. And so we'll leave the metal bikini alone. Okay, leave that for the fans. And um, Ahsoka was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. We see Anakin essentially get removed from the situation by the end of Revenge of the Sith. And by the end of Return of the Jedi, we see Anakin return. Do you think he fulfilled the prophecy of the Chosen One? I do think Anakin fulfilled the prophecy of the Chosen One. Uh, To me, Star Wars is a story of hope. It's a story of good overcoming evil. And um, Return of the Jedi, you know, it all comes full circle. And good finally overcomes evil. There you go. Ashley Eckstein, she loves Ewoks. (laughs) I love Ewoks. I'm sorry. (laughs) She's a great ambassador to Star Wars fans, girls and guys. Yes. Heruniverse.com is the place to go to get all of Ashley's incredible Star Wars apparel. And uh, we're looking forward to having you as a member of the Star Wars family forever. You always have a place here with us at Rebel Force Radio. And uh, hopefully you'll find your way back into some future Star Wars stories in some way, shape, or form. We'll see. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. (laughs) I'm Jordan Hembro. They call me the Toy Hunter. Oh, man. This is where you've been hiding everything. I've been collecting and dealing toys for over 25 years. Oh, I having a little toy gasm. I scour the country, and I dig deep. These may be toys, but this ain't child's play. All right, so we're hanging out here at C2E2 with a guy who is probably the most at home here, Jordan Hembro from Toy Hunter, seen Wednesday nights on Travel Channel. How's Absolutely. it going, Jordan? Uh, it's going great. I am having a kick-ass time. This is my first C2E2. Yes. I've done a lot of conventions. I've done New York. I've done California. I've done Seattle. Uh-huh. But there's something about the vibe here in Chicago. I don't know what it is. I told one guy, I think it's actually the hot dogs, because they're kind of crazy out here. <laughs> tell me about it. Pickles and peppers. Yes. Uh, but I tell you, it's like real no-nonsense die-hard collectors, and I love it. I love that is meeting great. everybody. That is great. And you're kind of people, for sure. They are. And uh, we're standing in your booth, yep. and I'm noticing some collectibles I might have seen here in the second season of the show, yep. particularly those vintage Kenner die-cast yes. vehicles. Are, are those the ones you, you purchased Those the are show? actually the ones from the show. Mm-hmm. That's when we got them in Eddyville, Illinois. Yes, and right. And I am a huge Star Wars guy. In fact, yeah. Star Wars is my Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it. I I think at now, as the show goes on and on, a lot more people are starting to realize it. They're bringing me more and more Star Wars yes. toys, and I can't say no. Well, don't you find that sometimes there's an oversaturation of Star Wars toys on the market because so ma- so many were made, yeah. and every kid, especially in the 70s and 80s, yeah. we all had it. I agree. It was well, part of our DNA growing oh, up. Oh, I absolutely agree. In fact, people always say to me, they're like, oh, that's vintage Star Wars. That must be rare. I'm like, no, it's actually not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really rare about vintage Kenner Star Wars toys because they did make so much of it. Yes. What's rare is when you can find it pristine in a box yes. or maybe a rare limited edition toy that you can't find. That's where the big money is. But for run-of-the-mill stuff that like everybody had, eh, not so much. Right, right. Now, for people who haven't seen your show, I'll just explain it real quick. Essentially, you go around the country and you look at people's private toy collections looking for things that match your standards yep. as someone who collects and who so, someone who, who sells, resells these various treasures he finds. Yeah. And just recently on the show, you went to a guy's house, I can't remember where, but he had mint unopened the vintage Kenner early bird kit yep. that we all bought. It was the, the 
famous empty box. It was. It was. It was Kenner's promise, promise to America, saying, "Buy this envelope, and we promise you, yes. in six to eight months, we'll send you the action figures." That was great. Now he are, had two of them. One you was a, open. Are you a kid of the seventies? I am. Grow, okay. I was born in nineteen seventy. Okay, I was born in sixty nine. So you and me experienced same, yep. a lot of the same pop oh, culture yeah. phenomenons growing up, and and there are very few that could even come close to Star Wars. Yeah. As a kid, what were you into before Star Wars? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, re- really? really my, you know what it was? Coincidentally enough, it was Micronauts. Uh-huh. Because it was sort of like that little transition. But that's post-Star Wars. Oh, Micronauts is post-Star Wars. Okay, well, Micronauts, uh, Nego, Batman and Robin, yes. Nego dolls. That was my weakness, that. yeah. I did Mego, I did Planet of the Apes, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. It was, mm-hmm. all that, it was always that comic and sci-fi sort of genre. Yeah, yeah. But my earliest remembrance, my earliest memory of toys was... Star Wars. Right. Oh, wow. So that's that's right out of the box. I, I remember playing with the the 12-inch G.I. Joes with the Kung Fu grip and um, Six Million Dollar Man. Yep. I love Six Million Dollar Man. Yep. But when Star Wars hit, it was all over. that stuff yep. went it in the boxes over. in the attic, and it was time to go with Star Wars. And that was it. And so, what I would do is every year when the Sears Christmas catalog came in the mail yes. to my, or the JCPenney, mm-hmm. I would just go directly to that page. That was right. it. You'd flip right through and you'd go right to the back and you'd, I, I would actually tear it out. And I'd say, Mom, Mom, Santa, tell Santa. Boom, boom, boom. And i just go right down the list. Yeah. Actually, my parents told me that I was the easiest kid to buy for because they always knew I was Star Wars. It was always Star Wars. It was always Star Wars. And even if they got you two of the same thing, I didn't care. still good with it. No, you needed one or two of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I needed two X-Wing fighters. I needed like two TIE fighters. It was yeah. awesome. Forget about the Stormtroopers. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, you bring up the catalog, especially the J.C. Penney catalog. I'm looking at something here in your oh, booth yeah. that brings back memories. I was a young kid. I went out to visit my grandmother in northern Mississippi, and she took me to the J.C. Penney and let me look through the catalog to pick my Christmas gift. This was like July or August. Right. And what you have here in your booth is the Sonic Control Land Speeder. It was right. only available, I believe, at J.C. Penney. It was a J.C. Right. Penney exclusive. And I saw that in the catalog, never seen it before in shelves or in Great TV piece. commercials or anything. I said, you know what? We have to get that. My younger brother agreed. We both ended up... The longest wait for Christmas ever in my life yeah. was from that August to December that year. And here I'm looking at it, bringing back memories in your booth. Great piece. Here it is in the box. Yep. And you and know what? That toy evoked that memory and that great story from you. And that's right. what the show is about. That's what Toy Hunter is about. You know, I tell everyone, people say to me, they're like, well, how is it about Travel Channel? How does it pertain to travel? And I say... Not only am I taking you on a literal journey right. across a country mm-hmm. traveling, but I'm taking you on this sort of this sort of figurative and emotional journey as well because we all had these toys when we were a kid and it brings back that mm. memory. Yes. And, and you get it. You're like you want we're here, we're having a geek moment on this, and that's <laughs> right. what it's about. It is, it is. And your enthusiasm comes through so much, as it is in this interview. Yeah. But on the show too, you have this unbridled enthusiasm for looking at these dusty old boxes yeah. and going through these collections, trying to find that elusive treasure. I like that, that unbridled. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that a t-shirt. It, uh, you got it, man. Unbridled <laughs> enthusiasm. That's it. That's good. Toy hunter. Nice unbridled set. enthusiasm. But that's important to me because what you're doing is you're tapping into your inner, your inner child. Yeah. And as you say, we're not adults. We're not kids. We're adults. Right. The people who really enjoy... Did I mispronounce? No, you're kid right. Kidults, kidults, kid anything you want, man. You know what? It's just we're big. We're big kids that never grew up. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun to watch you 
march me through my memories as a child where I say, oh, my God, I had that. I, I remember that. Remember that uh, 12-inch G.I. Joe? He was kind of a takeoff of Steve Austin, the $6 million man. He yeah, had the Mike, Mike Powers. Mike Powers, you just recently brought him up on the show. We did, last, and, last episode. I mean, I remember sitting on the side of my house in the northern suburbs here in Chicago and playing with that thing and making the, the hand spin around so he could act a like a helicopter blade. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Exactly. And I, I'm seeing the Starbird over there. Uh, oh, yeah. Which was a, a, a total Star Trek, Star Wars takeoff uh, by uh, Milton Bradley, I believe, where you move the ship around. It would make the sounds. with. It. Absolutely. See, these are the things that bring you back to your childhood probably more than anything. It's, it's like, you know, having that familiar smell that, that invokes a memory. And but I smell here, my it's, toys. It's toys. You're right. Yeah. I mean, one guy came in before uh, this morning. He actually started tearing up a little bit. And he said, you know, he said, my house was destroyed when I was a kid and I lost all my toys. He said, I came in your booth. I feel like I'm in my bedroom again. Yeah, wow. And he was crying. It mm-hmm. was a happy, happy memory. He said, thanks. I don't want to buy anything. He said, I don't have any money right now. I said, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Come back, hang out in my room all the time. Come have lunch in, in, in my booth. I don't care. And that's what it is. It brings back that memory, that overflowing of emotion. It's incredible. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and, and I... You know, knowing that we're both pretty much from the same era, well, we are from the same era, it's it's just, I know what you're looking for yep. when you go looking through those boxes, and I'm always rooting for you to find it. Thanks. So, even not knowing what it is. Cool. <laughs> and you got to admit that the backbone of Star Wars toy collecting is the action figure line. I agree. Yeah. And, no, I agree. And, and so, you go after the vintage stuff, obviously. Have you been able to maintain collecting through the modern era at all? Uh, you know, it's funny. That's a good question because a lot of people have asked me, do I collect the 90s stuff? Yeah. And I don't because mm-hmm. I had to draw the line somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is there was a lot of 90s stuff made and there's a lot of people that collected it because yes. everybody thought that lightning was going to strike right. twice. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to buy the 90s. I'm going to buy, oh my God, episode one and it's going to be worth tons of money. Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Right. So I had to draw the line somewhere and I said, you know what? I'm going to stick with the vintage. I'm going to stick with what I know and what mm-hmm. I love. It's worked pretty well for me so far. So you as a collector, what do you search? I search for Star Wars, Uh, (laughs) unfortunately. And and, and, in the best possible condition. I do. Stuff that's rare, stuff that I don't have. Like, the other day, I just came across a Luke Luke Skywalker and a Return of the Jedi card. Had Mm. a blue lightsaber. Rare piece. I didn't have one for my collection. Mm. The guy had two of them, so I bought one. It's in my personal collection now. Perfect. I mean, I, I really am... When it comes down to it, I truly am a collector. I right. do love it. Mm-hmm. I happen to just sell toys for a living, but the passion never dies. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Yeah, like I said, unbridled enthusiasm. Imbr- unbridled enthusiasm. And Jordan, where would you like to see the Star Wars franchise go now that we've learned that sequels are under production and we're going to see the continuing story of Luke Skywalker? I would love to. Um, I'd love to keep it real. I'd love to get back to the basics and just tell the story. Don't worry about the special effects. Don't worry about a green screen. Tell the story because you know what? That's what people want to hear and it's stories like that and the characters that are really going to shine through throughout history and that's what people are going to remember the most. So above everything else make sure the story is good. So Jordan, what can we expect coming up on future episodes of Toy Hunter? On season two, uh, we've got so much stuff in store. We've got more celebrity clients. Mm-hmm. We are going to more events all around all around the country. We're going to Puerto Rico. That's coming up soon, which I'm really excited wow. about. I don't get it. I don't, I've never been to Puerto Rico. Yeah, imagine the, the toys you'll find out there. It's great. And they actually tell me the girls work the booths in bikinis. So yes. I'm actually kind of excited about that. Hallelujah. But, you know, great collections, rare toys, mm. and just more of 
sharing the history with everybody. And that's really, you know, one of the most surprising things about Toy Hunter on Travel Channel is people call me and they're like, I love how you give the history of the toy, too. You show a little bit of maybe a commercial, a little bit about, you know, how the toy came to be. And that's really what we're going to keep doing. Awesome. Well, looking forward to it. You have some celebrity clients. A great episode with Gene Simmons where you actually got to go into his Kiss Museum. It was great. I went to his house. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. And my old friend, the douche. Bonaducci, oh, Danny boy, Danny, Bonaducci. Danny's coming up. I worked with Danny in Chicago radio in the 90s yep. and uh, for a number of years, and we were great pals. The douche we man. Yeah, <laughs> We would hang out and uh, try to t- t- see who could drink the most tequila Danny in one win? sitting. Uh, always. Okay. Always. Nice. Um, but, he sticks uh, with what he knows. What is Danny having you search for? Danny had me, Danny found me in Seattle, yep. and Danny had me looking for some Partridge family memorabilia that he actually never had. Uh-huh. I'm like, Danny, you don't got that? He's like, no, I don't got that. I'm like, how can you not have that? He says, I didn't, I didn't grab Jack Squat from Partridge Family yeah. because I thought it would last forever. Mm-hmm. He goes, and here I am, 14 years old, and, and I'm unemployed. Right. So I went finding him some Partridge Family memorabilia. That's awesome. It was fun. Great guy, Bonaducci. Uh, sure tell him Jimmy Mack says hi. Okay, the Jimmy next Mack. Time you talk to him. Yeah, talk you to him. tell him. He's over. Right, he's over at KZOK yep, in Seattle. In Seattle, that's you got right. it. Yeah, and his radio career all started right here in Chicago. So. Perfect. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I was there for the uh, early years of <laughs> Bonaducci mayhem. There you go. And uh, looking forward to future uh, seasons of Toy Hunter. I, I hope you guys have continued success with it. Thank you. And uh, I, you can just keep going, uh, you know, all over thank the you. world. And you can bet that I'll be finding more Star Wars. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so because there's plenty of it out. I want to go. So. Jig- I want to actually go dig in. Uh, George Lucas's house. I'm go dig a Skywalker ranch. Speaking of ranches, have you ever been to Rancho Obi Wan? Steve yeah, Sansweet. Steve Sansweet. Yep. I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Steve is Steve is a very very dear friend. Yes. Steve is also uh, he's a great guy. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. say enough good things about him. Um, I love what he's doing with Rancho Obi Wan now being nonprofit. Yep. And I love the fact that he takes it on tour and lets everyone really share the experience with That's him. Right. It's it's a fantastic thing he's doing. That's awesome. Well, I would love love to see an episode of Toy Hunter there. I would love to as well. But uh, I don't know when you start bargaining. With him and with Steve, yeah, well, a lot know. of stuff. A lot of stuff in his collection he got from me. Is that, is that right? You <laughs> can buy it me. back. No, it's serious. It's, uh, give me an example. Um, he's got a plush prototype do back in there. Okay, from Hasbro that's never done. Wow. He got that from me. No kidding. Yep. Oh yeah, he's got some stuff from me. Do you collect a lot of prototypes? And I do. It's my specialty. Nature? It is. My specialty mm-hmm. is prototypes and original artwork from like the former employees. Mm-hmm. Artists and, and, and sculptors and everything. That's really what I do best. Ever do any dumpster diving? I've been known to dumpster <laughs> dive a little bit every now and then. I knew it. I knew it. See, Make sure there were no cameras around. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what happens when you have that unbridled enthusiasm. I know, I know. It was early in the 2000s. <laughs> everything was legal back then. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. Well, it was a pleasure to Thank meet you. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. And, uh, you know, like I said, continued success. And I, I hope you find the rarest of the rare when oh, you're out too. there. Because I'm rooting for you. No, and if I find it, I'm going to be sharing it with everyone. One on Toy Hunter. That's wonderful. All right. Wednesday nights on Travel On Travel Channel. Channel. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Jordan. Thanks, man. My All pleasure. Right. Rebel Force Radio. Star Wars! Nothing but Star Wars! Your source for the Force. Okay, we've popped by the Dark Horse booth to talk to the writer of the ongoing Dark Horse series, Star Wars, Brian Wood. How's it going, Brian? Hi, it's good. Thanks. Thank you. So, tell us how this all got started. This, this new series... Focusing in on original trilogy characters following the events of Star Wars A New Hope. 
Yeah, well, um, I think it's. I think there was a lot of talk about it before I got I got the e- email. Okay, and uh, like I think Dark Horse and Lucas Arts figured it out, um, and the, and they approached approached me and asked me if I wanted to write um, a new series series that that used these like original characters. And I think like it wasn't anything I ever thought I would I would pitch, but I figured if I'm ever gonna gonna write a Star Wars book, this is the one to write. So I'm like, yes, sure, of course. And uh, you know, like I pitched him this this idea to like pick up immediately, like days after the the first first film, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of take it from there and sort of uh, like tell tell the story of what happened in between those first two films. Right. The real first two films. The real first two films. So that's an interesting <laughs> statement to make. Well, I'm 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 a 41 year old guy, so yeah, those those are the first. Of films. course, you you're you're an original trilogy generation right. fan. Yes. You grew up with Star Wars, the classic characters: Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Darth Vader, and now as we see with the Disney purchase of Lucasfilm, that. There is a push in that direction as they're going to follow up on those stories with those core characters in the sequel trilogy. So there's this, a, is, this is news to me. I actually oh, heard yeah. this a yeah, couple right. hours ago. I'm I'm serious. What do you this now? What's just, news to you that 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 they're looking at my series for in relation to these new films? So you you've never considered that at all? Well, I just. I, I didn't think anybody was considering that. Well, so see, it's, it's cool. It's what good. I, I'm not saying it's bad, but... What I mean by that is that the focus from Disney is going to be on those original trilogy characters. They're going to be moving away from the prequels. Oh, gotcha. I, I see what you mean. Right. Okay. So what have you been hearing? Well, I just heard like that, that somebody involved in those new films are looking at my comics a story okay. as possible material in some form or another. Trying to build... Which is like completely new right, to me. Build so. the continuity off of not right. just the original trilogy films, yeah. but looking at your recent comic books. Right. You right. only have four issues out at this point. Yes. And what I like about it is it's not so much a reboot as some people were saying. You must have heard that. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, there there's an assumption that anytime there's like a number one or something like that, it's like a, re- a reboot. But it, but it's definitely not. But you're not really finding yourself tied down to a lot of stories that were generated by the prequel era or by the expanded universe. You're you're taking it fresh from the right. like you said the day after they blow up Yavin or right. blow up the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> this, wow, the movie would have been really different if that happened. <laughs> blow up Yavin, good God, <laughs> Battle of Yavin, right. I should yes, say. Yes, yes. And so what I like about it though is, is it's a fresh look at the characters for us who've learned so much information about these characters over the years. Watching Luke Skywalker evolve through Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, become a fully fledged Jedi Knight. You're taking him back to where he's a young, hotshot, overconfident kid pilot who just blew up the Death Star, and he's not afraid to let people know it either. Yeah, that's true. And it kind of rubs on some <laughs> of his uh, fellow pilots a little bit in the wrong way, where they think he might be a little too cocky right. for his own good. He hasn't established himself as this this spiritual Jedi master yet. He's still just a young, brash, hotshot pilot kid who fought in one battle and scored big. Right. Yes. And and so you see that dynamic come into play. Also, another thing that I like what you've brought into the series is, is Princess Leia 
looking back at the destruction of Alderaan with sadness or nostalgia or just trying to come to terms with that, which is something we haven't really seen her character do in the past. That's true. And that was something, I mean, I really feel like we didn't see any anybody deal with their uh, losses in that first film. We didn't see Luke talk, even talk at, at, at all about his aunt and uncle or his lost life or Han's lost freedom now that the Empire knows knows about him. Um, so that's really a, a focus of my story here is, um, you know, taking the opportunity to sort of like, you know, at least at least address that, you know. And coming up, there's going to be a much larger series of, of scenes with uh, Leia and Alderaan and dealing with that and finding another survivor and stuff. Yeah, so. there's been foreshadowing leading us right. to believe that it's going to end up being a bigger thing for yeah, her, yeah. obviously, psychologically, emotionally. And um, something we did learn in Return of the Jedi, but we don't really have any clues about in in the era that you are uh, currently exploring, is the fact that Leia is Luke's sister, and she could have potential Force powers. Is that something you might want to explore a little bit in your series? Maybe That, that makes for a very fine line yeah. I, have to, I have to walk, because... Um they have an attraction at this point. This is true. Right? So I have to sort of like, I mean, I don't want to com- completely ignore that, but obviously I'm not going to take it any further than what, what you saw in the films. Right. Just for reasons of being being a creep. So it's kind of fun to figure out how to, how to you know, do anything with their, their attraction in a way that's not sexual. Yeah, of course. So it's so I've sort of been like turning it into sort of like a protective thing, like she's like jealous of him and somebody else, but it, but it's not like an overtly sexual thing. It's more like, you know, I don't know. But so like what my question is though is that since we know she has this Jedi potential, yeah. even though the characters don't realize this at the time, there could be some latent force abilities within her that That's occasionally true. creep to the surface from time to time. No one realizes it though. Right. And that I mean I haven't actually written that that yet, but that's mm-hmm. definitely like a, like something that's like ripe that's like ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. could, it could do it. Sure. And so what are you looking forward to now that we know that there's going to be sequel films to Star Wars to Return of the Jedi? What are you looking forward to seeing on the silver screen? I don't really know. I just kind of want it, want it to be good. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. That second trilogy of films that came out a decade ago or whatever got everybody so pumped up and so, like, happy about it and into it. And, you know, it just wasn't, wasn't what, it, what it could have been. And now I want these, these, these new ones to, like, live live yes. up to the to like the 30 years leg- legacy you know I just wanted I want it to be awesome I don't, I don't even care what it's about yeah you just want to see the brand reach its potential right. as far as storytelling goes yeah. as far as expanding the mythology and giving the fans what they want and is that something that you take into account when you're writing your monthly Star Wars comic a bit I feel like it's I feel like when you start writing for what you think fans want you, you can get into trouble uh, <laughs> Uh, I just try to write write it well. I try to obviously I have to please my my edit, editors, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously with this, I mean, I kind of recognize, um, like I I know what a what a, I mean. I'm a Star Wars fan. I kind of mm-hmm. know what's what's fun to see, you mm-hmm. know. So I so I try to put things into the script that I know will be like a general kind of kind of a crowd a crowd pleaser, sure. you know. Um, Without actually trying to address the fan fanboy nitty nitty gritty, you know? right, right. And I feel like that's the path of trouble right there. Sometimes when <laughs> you try to follow that fanboy nitty gritty, do you find yourself getting painted into a corner a little bit? You, you do because it's it's generally 
it's it's not the big the big picture stuff. And I feel like what's driving the story is is the larger view. And when you when you fo- fo- focus on the smaller stuff, you're just eating eating up space. I mean, comics don't don't have a lot of space in them, and you're just not you're you're not moving forward the way you need to. I get it. I get it. That's great. So it's the uh, Star Wars Dark Horse Monthly Comic. Four issues are out now, yep. and uh, you can get it at uh, local comic shops, newsstands everywhere. Now, Dark Horse's future with the Star Wars franchise has been the subject of speculation a lot lately because of the Disney purchase and the fact that Disney also owns Marvel. Um, Is there any insight you can give us as to what the future could bring as far as Dark Horse maintaining the license, or is it a foregone conclusion that it'll eventually be shifted back to Marvel? No, I mean, I I ask about this a lot because obviously it's my job (laughs) on the line. Um, but what, what, what I'm told is that there, there hasn't even been a, a conversation about it yet. Right. Um, I have a contract to write 20 uh, issues of this book, so we at least have that, that much more time at the minimum. Um, obviously, I think Dark Horse, I mean, they've, they've been doing it for 20 years. Yes. I feel like it should stay with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work at Marvel, too, so I, I don't uh, harbor them any ill, Ill will, mm-hmm. but I think Dark Horse is the, is the place for it. Well, that's cool. That's some inside information that we appreciate hearing yeah. from you. So we can expect at least twenty issues yes. of the ongoing Star Wars Monthly, yep. and it's a great, it's a great comic because it, it, to me, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, I've always enjoyed the Dark Horse comics very much, but I found them going off into some directions that I felt were removing the license from the core that makes Star Wars important to guys like you and me who come from the original trilogy right. sure, era. Sure. And uh, we want to see our core characters, Han, Luke, and Leia. We want to see that mythology expanded upon. And while all Star Wars is fun, I think we have the most fun with those characters. I would and agree. so, congratulations Thank to you, you. For, for carrying on the, uh, the saga in that direction. We look forward to more great adventures to come from you and Dark Horse Comics. Great, thanks. Rebel Force Radio, your new source for the Force. Here we are back where we started at the Sand Troopers booth, C2E2. What a busy weekend here at McCormick Place in Chicago. A lot of celebs to talk to, a lot of listeners to talk to. Chris Spice, the man here in charge of the SandTroopers.com bunker, has been raising money all weekend for VasculitisFoundation.org. Chris, what are the final totals? Uh, what we're looking at, Jimmy, we raised uh, $715, and uh, with special thanks to our premium membership program that kicked in the 70 before the show started, but I'm actually um, very happy with the total. I think, I think it's great. Awesome. Well, you guys gave away a lot of great gifts. I saw a huge crowd of people here at the bunker as you were calling off the winners, and a lot of very happy fans who are taking home great prizes from Hasbro. Uh, what else did we have here? Uh, you know what, that, that, that's really, I should do a roll call of thanks to Sideshow Collectibles, um, Gentle Giant, Koto Bakia, Dave Dorman, Rolling Thunder Art, Joe Caroni, um, I'm trying to think Hasbro. Um, I'm just hoping I'm not going to forget anyone. Um, but again, BigBadToyStore.com the, uh, and Jets Toy Hut for for taking care of the shipping because we couldn't reach these totals if they didn't. You know, folks are not going to donate if they if they have to be here because we all know how easy it is to get sidetracked like uh, Han Solo at these shows, don't we, Jimmy? Absolutely. There's so much going on, so much activity in the room, so much action, so many good vibes. And you know, thanks to you guys for uh, doing what you can for VasculitisFoundation.org and uh, also for just spreading 
spreading the Star Wars cheer. You guys uh, provide a great Star Wars presence at every show you're at. And uh, thanks for your hospitality, letting us hang out here. Rebel Force Radio is heard live from the Sand Troopers booth at C2E2 2013. Thanks a lot, Chris Spice. Thank you, Jimmy Mack, and thank you to Rebel Force Radio and all the listeners who came out and supported us. We thank you very, very much. Wow, what another successful weekend for C2E2 and Rebel Force Radio. Thanks a lot to Repop, as always, for throwing on a killer expo. And uh, we'll be again here next year as we continue to watch this show grow. Listen to Rebel Force Radio live in Chicago every week on 1530 AM WCKG. Sundays at a new time. We're on now at 4 p.m. Central for a full two hours. Plus, they're also replaying the show throughout the weekend on 1530 WCKG AM. Listen live in the Chicago area. Elsewhere, you can download the WCKG app or listen to the live stream on 1530WCKG.com. Be sure to leave us a voicemail here at Rebel Force Radio. Hear yourself on the show. Give us a call anytime, 708-320-1737 or 1RFR. That's 708-320-1RFR. Of course, you can always email us, show at rebelforceradio.com. That's show at rebelforceradio.com. Twitter, you can find us at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, or at Jason Swank. And on Facebook, Facebook has turned into a great place for Rebel Force Radio listeners to gather and chat about the show and all things Star Wars. You can preview what's coming up on Rebel Force Radio Live. You can see pictures from conventions such as this one, C2E2, and other special events. Links to stories and so much more. That's facebook.com slash Radio. You can subscribe and review Rebel Force Radio on iTunes. Check out iTunes for the weekly Rebel Force Radio and Clone Wars The Classified. And always, it really helps a lot if you leave us some feedback. Give us a rating on iTunes. And that's always a good thing. And, of course... Always remember, make it good. You can also find us on Stitcher. Stitcher's great for uh, for iOS and Android devices. Download it free today at Stitcher.com. Don't forget our official website, RebelForceRadio.com. We're part of the ShotGlassDigital.com family. You can check out all of our programming like Bondcast, Snide Remarks Radio, Black Hawk Talk, ADH Divas, and more at ShotGlassDigital.com. So, I just want to thank everyone who appeared on the show and every listener who came up and said hello to us during our weekend here in Chicago at C2E2. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. You are greatly appreciated by us here at Rebel Force Radio. Coming up, uh, we got some big surprises for May the 4th be with you. So, be sure to be checking out your feed for more from Rebel Force Radio. And we'll have coverage from the 30th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. Special VIP screening happening next week in Los Angeles on May the 4th at the Egyptian Theater. So keep it tuned here to Rebel Force Radio for coverage from that and so much more. So for my partner who couldn't make it here, Jason Swank. Jason, you owe me. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the 
Force will be with you, always. <laughs> <laughs> 